Hello and welcome. Happy Hunger Games. <laughs> I, don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I did not like that. And I wish we could start over. But I won't. Because okay. I stand by what I did. Yeah. Hi. This is Besties with Katie and Emily. I'm hey Emily. guys. I'm Katie. Hi. <laughs> As you know, it's our Hunger Games episode. We're so excited, you guys. Yeah. Um. So here's here's what I'm going to say. And I did not. Oh, Jesus. I did not say this earlier when maybe I should have discussed it with you not on mic hot on mic I feel like for these two just for all of you to know uh, we are recording these ones back to back the book and the movie Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to the other ones and I don't even remember if we did this for the book club ones but um, I want to say let's just get right into it especially because we're doing an entire book yeah we just got to dive in I don't want to talk about what's going on yeah let's just go yeah, let's just get into it. So, Hunger Games, you guys. Hunger Games book. So we're here with our recap of the book today. Yes. Um, the entire book, like Emily said. Um, so this will be set up very similar to our Harry Potter book clubs. If you guys were with us when we did those, I will be walking us through the plot of the book. Um, and whenever we come across something to discuss, we'll just discuss it. And Emily has also gathered some discussion questions for us to dig into as well. Yes. Also from Scholastic, just like last time. So get ready for some really powerful, powerful <laughs> questions. However, I'm sure we'll come up with our own, too. These questions were uh, rated for grades 9 to 12, as opposed to the Harry Potter ones, which okay. were kids. For, They're like, children. for babies. So yeah. these ones are for teens. You know, cool I was teams. surprised when you said, like, we were texting about this yesterday, and you were like, oh my god, get ready for some of these discussion questions, because they're all Scholastic Kitty ones, and I wanted to be like, I'm surprised, because these books aren't really for children the way that, like, Harry Potter is. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they, I, I feel, Scholastic's got the Hollywood problem, as we're, go- I'm sure, gonna get deep, deep dark into when talking about this book, this movie, and then the rest of them, too. Yeah. Um... They just love the romance. Oh, God. I yeah, don't I don't want to get into that now. Like, I feel like we should save the romance talk for the movie it, because yeah, that's like yeah, where yeah, it yeah, really yeah. comes rearing up is like, <laughs> there isn't really a lot of romance in this book. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I want to just start really quick with um, talking about just briefly our like history with the series. Yeah, so I feel like that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like really it is, too. So I guess I was the one who kind of got you into it. Um, yes. We've said before we were roommates our freshman year of college. And I remember I first discovered the Hunger Games like at the end of our senior year of high school. Like that was when I read them yeah. for the first time. And I absolutely loved them. I feel like so many people had been telling me that I should check them out because a lot of them were like, if you like Harry Potter as much as you do, like you'll like the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. even though they're not really the same no. kind of book. But like they have kind of the same fandom, I guess. Um, so I read the books senior year of high school, really, really loved them, um, came to college with this like great obsession for them mm-hmm. and then got you into reading them. Yes. So I think what happened was, I remember this, I did not see the first one, the movie. Uh, my friend did take me to see Catching Fire with her in the theater. Mm-hmm. She gave me a quick catch up on what the fuck was going on before the movie started. And then I watched Catching Fire with her and I was like, this is good. And then I went and I watched the first one on Netflix at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this one wasn't as good. And then, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, that was it. And I kind of like let it be. Um, but then I think what happened was 
Um, I know. Oh, and I never read the books. This was my thing. Okay, so we all had it, and we'll 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 get here someday. But I read and consumed and devoured and made my entire life not really. Um, Twilight at the time of yes. sixth grade and onward for however long that lasted before I got so disappointed by Breaking Dawn. Um, I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then in hindsight, I was like, these are bad. bad. These are really bad. And it's yeah. not good. And all the movies were terrible. Yes, I am bilingual. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were so bad. Bad. All of it was bad. And so then I was really afraid. And then everybody's getting on the Hunger Games. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I'm not doing this again. It was like Twilight came at the perfect time of like the post Harry Potter void. And I needed something new. And then I was like, great. I'm going through puberty. Here's this um, horny Mormon romance. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm ready for it. Whatever. And then it was so bad. And so I'm like, I, I can't. I literally, I cannot do this again. So I avoided Hunger Games. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Uh, no. So then I think what happened is, do, I think you took me to um, Mockingjay Part 1. We went to like the, um, I would say midnight premiere, but it was at 7 p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, I think I went with you for that. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And then the next day I walked down to Half Price Books that was down from school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked up a box set of all three books and read them so fast. And yeah. I was like, these are phenomenal like yeah they're so good i remember i decided to reread the books with you because at that point i had yes. only read them once and so we were like sitting in our dorms like reading the books yes. at the same time and it was really and fun. then we would once um once we finished we would do like we do uh watch the movie and talk about it together just because mm-hmm. that's the kind of people we are we just do that for fun yeah alone. <laughs> so right of course that's that's good we're so, nerds like that yeah so that's um that's my little history with it so it's thanks to you so thank you katie because i genuinely i was surprised again like i knew that these were really good yeah and i don't even really remember that many details from the other ones or anything but like genuinely this is such a good book series I know I know it it is very good and I I feel like I'm happy that you brought up Twilight because I feel like a lot of Twilight fans like do kind of get into the Hunger Games books because there is a love triangle in the Hunger Games and supposedly (laughs) it's nothing like the Twilight one no um but I think that's like what draws a lot of Twilight fans to the series is the like the romance part of the Hunger Mm -hmm. Games um and so yeah like when you're first hearing about it and you're like hearing all these twilight fans talk about it like that's what they focus on and that's what makes you be like oh my god i don't want to do this again but then you pick up the book and you read it and you find out it's like the romance is such a small part of the plot like there's so much more to it than that did you after the hunger games fall into reading the ya dystopian series that all started coming like divergent and the maze runner and like all those i read the first two divergent books okay i didn't really i watched the first maze runner movie didn't really get into it um so no not really i guess i kind of like explored both of them but i didn't hook onto them as much as i did hunger games i went to go see divergent with a friend because um i was like well that hunger games movie you took me to was good or whatever and so then we went to see it i was like this is the divergent is just it's it's literally the hunger that Games feels again. like it is like a big ripoff and it i don't even a huge remember ripoff. that much of what it was but um i did read the maze runner and then uh saw the movie because i was like 
I saw the preview or something when they were like first announcing that they were going to do a Maze Runner movie mm-hmm. somewhere in a theater. And I was like, Dylan O'Brien. Yes. <laughs> and, and so then I think I was at a movie theater seeing a movie with my friend um, at a mall. And so then after we finished seeing that movie, we went to Barnes & Noble and I bought the Maze Runner. Because I was like, well, I want to read this because it's Dylan O'Brien. Yes. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I read that book and I was just like, this is pretty good. And then I and then I read about two chapters of the second one um, and then did not continue reading any of it. I did not hold my attention. I thought the first one was pretty interesting, but I was like, nah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, mm-mm. So I never yeah. finished those ones out because... Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. Maybe that would be a fun one to circle back to at some time if we need more material. Oh, God. I don't know. But that, I, do, I don't know. Not to shit on the Maze Runner for anybody that that's <laughs> really the into Maze it. Runner, but I was like, uh, I don't know about this. I feel like at the point that that was becoming big, too, is like we were just kind of at the age where we were moving past a lot of those like YA things, too. And so that yeah. maybe was part of it. Like Even we were we just kind were of young adults and no longer teens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But let's be real. YA stuff is written for teens these days. That's what it is. They're little. They're little young adults. But yeah. So I. I never really followed the wave of getting into the Hunger Games ripoff books. Mm-hmm. The dystopian thing got hardcore after the. Hunger it Games. got really hard to stick with. I think. Um, and I think it's because, like, especially with Divergent, like they were clearly just trying to like mirror the Hunger Games as closely as they could. Yeah. Um. And I just, like, I got more angry the more I read it because I was like, I've already read this. Stop, like, yeah. stop, like, taking things from my second favorite book series. I think that I, like, and then I think the older we get and the more, like, aware of the world we are, wah, wah. It's, mm-hmm. like, kind of a bummer to read. It is. And I the know. Hunger Games is, like, well-written and, like, captivating enough that, like, it's, it's worth it, but I'm not going to put myself through engaging in more of that when it's not done good. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, and I won't. So, mm-hmm. anyway. I know. <laughs> that was a good little discussion. So, that Hunger was Games. just, like, a little, that's our background with Hunger Games. But now, I think, coming back into it today, it's been a couple years since either of us had really had any interaction yeah, with the series. I haven't read them since college. I think I just mm-hmm. read them the one time. Um, and then I haven't seen the movie since school either. So it's yeah. been at least two years. Same. But I, I think, think probably more than that. Because I feel yeah. like it's probably been like three, I, four or something. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time since I read the books. I think it, like the last time I read it was when we read them freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. I know I watched the movies occasionally. I went through a major Josh Hutcherson phase when I was going through this <laughs> Hunger Games thing. So for a while, I was like, I need to watch these movies all the time because they're the only ones that I like him in. But... <laughs> um, but like that was the only like reason why I watched them. Yeah. And then eventually that fell away. And so by the time we got to like the end of sophomore year, I think I was pretty much done with the Hunger Games for a while. Yeah. So now we're coming back to it kind of with like a fresh outlook on it because it's been so long. And neither of us really remember major plots of the story at this point. So yeah, I remember kind of like overall things and that's about it. So yeah, yeah. I know like the general story of how it goes, but like all the little details I definitely forgot. 
Um, even just reading this book, which I feel like is the very basic opening to the series, like it's not even super complicated compared to like Mockingjay, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I'm ready to yeah. be surprised. Like I was really excited to be so surprised by this yeah. book. Like I did not remember mm-hmm. a lot of it. So. Same, same. I guess without further ado, Katie, let's Let's begin. get into it. So, um, the first, like this book is split into three parts. So the first one is all about the tributes. Um, so starting out in the first chapter, it's mainly just a really basic intro to District 12, the world of Panem. Um, we learn about the different districts. We see Katniss for the first time, learn about her family. Um, her sister Prim is precious as ever. (laughs) (laughs) Very cute. Her mom is very depressed and, um, kind of backed away from taking care of the family after her dad died yes we meet gail for the first time um and we learn that today is reaping day so it's kind of the the beginning of the story with the hunger games i'll say this i feel like the all these like weird and wacky words and concepts um, which are a staple of these dystopian ones, are brought in and explained without the pacing being affected too much. Mm-hmm. Like, it is quick. It takes you right along, but it's not confusing. Yeah. As opposed to, this is my only thing because I never read any others, but, like, the Maze Runner just, like, drops you in and doesn't explain anything. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, why? Yeah. It's stressful and confusing, but this book, I feel like, it takes the time to explain it and it does it in an interesting way with her dialogue. Yeah. About and it. I think it also kind of I like that it breaks up the intro throughout the book. So it's not like the first chapter is just like an entire intro just to like, like the history of everything. Yeah, it's I like it tells that. you what you need to know for the opening scene. And then later as the book continues, like if there's something that hasn't been explained yet, then she goes back to tell the history of like that part. Yes. And it keeps going. So it kind of breaks it up. So it's not just like, let me spend an entire like chapter or two just telling you like a history of this girl. It feels natural because it's like as things come up, then we learn about them instead of just like, right. Here's everything that you need to know in order to understand the entire book. (laughs) It's interesting because it's like you're actually reading like the inner dialogue of this girl as she like goes through her journey instead of you getting like a history and then getting thrown into the story. You just spiraled me because of the word journey. I'm I'm sorry. I'm thinking about The Bachelor again. Okay. Calm down. Okay. So all we really learn in this first chapter about like back history stuff is kind of just about District 12. Like we learn about the mining. We learn about their industry. We learn a very basic history of Panem pretty much that like it's where North America was, I guess. Um, And kind of the, a basic history of everything. But then we meet Gail and we find out about their like hunting history together. Yep. Um, learn about their families a little bit. Um, and then we learn about the Hunger Games, learn about the Tesserae because they're both nervous because their names are in the yes, bowl so, many so much. Um, and then they get ready for the reaping and then they go in and we meet Effie for the first time. Yes. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Um, so the names, well, I guess we get a little bit of an overview of the history of Panem. So we learn about the capital, we learn about the dark days and the uprising and the first rebellion. Um, and the mysterious district 13 and the mysterious district 13 that has been obliterated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then the reaping starts and the names of the tributes for this year's hunger games are drawn and 
the chapter ends with omg it's katniss's little sister who gets pulled oh my god okay before we get into the meat of it i do have a question from scholastic okay um it says how does katniss feel about the country of penem how does she feel about it? How does she feel about it? I feel like she kind of just feels like this is the way it is. At this point, yeah, because yeah. I don't think she's been exposed to that much before she goes to the capital and everything. Right. So it's like, of course, she's not happy about it because no one is ever, like, happy about yeah, the trash, potential of their friends. Do? But, yeah, but she, yeah, she has this, like, what are you going to do about it? That's just, like, how it is. Yeah. Uh, it continues to ask... Why does, oh, I mean, I guess this is kind of going into it, but um, when she goes on to, of course, I'm assuming you've all read it if you're listening to this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least seen the movie. Um, But that when she volunteers Mm -hmm. in place of Prim, um, she is, I think, very calculated and smart about the way she presents herself from the get-go. Yes. So it asks, why does she need to make her face in a different mask? And she says this also through because it's like a surveillance state Mm -hmm. that they live in. And so that she does not allow herself to be emotional, emotional, expressive, talk about anything to do with Penem and whatever. So why, Mm -hmm. why is this what she does? Yeah, why, why is she, is she so emotionless? Why she wear, uh, yeah, an emotionless, indifferent mask. Um, because I guess she knows it's dangerous to show how she really feels about the whole thing. Yes. Um, a just because like showing that she's strong and she's ready to fight will just help her in the games herself. Um, and yeah. ideally help her like get sponsors and do well in the arena. But also because it's it's clear that like the capital doesn't stand for anyone showing any kind of like hard feelings towards them too yes i think that it becomes more interesting as um jumping forward a little bit as we get to know rue and hear about district 11 Mm -hmm. um that they like that things feel so different like that like she's I don't know. Like, she's she's aware that she needs to be careful, mm-hmm. but it's like she's surprised that, like, public whippings happen so much there. Yeah. When things are, like, seemingly lax, in quotations, yeah. in District 12. But that she she doesn't – there's there's no, like, the, the suppressed education <laughs> in District 12 doesn't allow her to know – how other things are mm-hmm. but she's aware enough that there's enough danger that yeah. she needs to like keep it cool mm-hmm. i feel like that is something that surprised me right off the bat with this book i forgot how relaxed district 12 is at first yeah like she sells to like the head peacekeepers mm-hmm. which is crazy because i i feel like maybe not so much in the first movie and we'll get to that later but my overall like memory of this series definitely comes from the movies because i've seen those more and i feel like i always remember the peacekeepers as being very strict and very like i think that comes rule oriented after it does but i i was just like not to see it so hard in this first one it is yeah for them to be so chill about everything what i think is like cool about that and maybe the point is that like even though you're so surprised that like things are so crazy it's like 
oh, like these people are starving and everything's terrible and they're like under surveillance all the time and there's this threat of these peacekeepers and whatever. It's like people can still live normal lives mm-hmm. within it and that it's like it I think it kind of like exposes the truth of like in real life you can be living in this horrible thing but still feel like things are in quotes normal mm-hmm. like you can still be normal yeah when in reality it's like look around you and see what's happening and then the wake up call of like look how quickly it can turn to shit in these next in this next book in particular yeah because then you know the rebellion and whatever the is rebellion the main focus. starts but like the next the next one it's like you see the repercussions of mm-hmm. even the smallest acts of rebellion right it's crazy so i mean i think that that's like the point of it is to show that like there can be some idea of normalcy even when you're living in this like horrifying world yeah. that is being well painted. it's interesting too because she's like actively breaking the rules or the law by like going into the woods and hunting mm-hmm. and it's just like the officials just kind of turn a blind eye to it because they know that her hunting is benefiting like the yeah. entire district basically by having like meat to sell and food to give people mm-hmm. and stuff like that so they're just like yeah, she's breaking the rules, but, like, is she hurting anybody? No, she's, like, providing sustenance for our people. Yeah. So we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, it's interesting. You don't get that much out of it, but it you do have to think about it. It's like, okay, yeah, so these peacekeepers, again, as opposed to real life, actually have to live there. <laughs> yeah. So they... so they are, like, even though they are, like, this big oppressive group, it's like they're still technically part of the community because they have to live there. So it's like they don't want things to be so shitty because, like, they have to be there. But if it could be a little bit better, let this girl go right. shoot some squirrels. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know. It's just interesting. It's It was interesting to just, like, kind of get a refresher on, like, what the culture of District 12 is like. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Especially, like, early in the series when none of the drama has really happened yet. Mm-hmm. So. I, like the, I like the picture that they, that is painted. I do, too. I think that it's really rich. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I mean, I won't, I won't get into the movie. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like it. I mean, I feel like I'll just compliment this. I'm surprised because these books are small, but there's so much packed into them. It's like the pacing feels so good. Yeah. Like, I feel like things are not taking too long. Mm-hmm. I'm not wishing that the action would go. I'm not wishing for, yeah. like, more in-depth backstory. And I feel it's like... All, it all feels good. Yeah, and I, I feel like this was something that I was definitely reflecting on once we get into the arena. And I apologize, because this is, like, very jumping the gun. But yeah. I was, like, thinking about while I was reading what happens in the arena. Like, this could be... If someone else had written it, like, so slow-paced and so boring. Yeah. Because it's, like, she's just, like, she's camping out and she's in the woods for, mm-hmm. like, at least 50% of what happens in the arena. And it's, like, I feel like the author knows that, like, people don't want to read pages and pages of her, like, sitting in a tree. It is. So, like, it is a the, like the activity yeah. that happens in the arena comes within, like, a couple pages. It's, like, you have, like, the fire and then, a, like, a page of relaxation mm-hmm. and then, like, the careers and then a page of relaxation and then Rue. And it just, like, it flows very well. It is. And keeps you yeah. engaged it throughout the whole thing. It was a shock for me to, when she says, like, it's been several weeks. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, yeah like when you're reading it it feels like it's been like a few days yeah it's it's but i like it i feel like i really like that it has good pacing but like the actual timeline is substantial Mm -hmm. 
Like, it's a very long time that this is happening. It is, but she keeps it flowing very well. So you're not, like, getting bored while you're following the story. It's like the action and the exciting stuff, like, keeps happening over time. So you stay engaged with the story. So on that note, too, it's, like, this huge section of background and leading up to the games. Mm -hmm. It's, like feels really good it's like it i got everything that i wanted and like you had said the fact that like backstory continues to be woven in throughout the whole book that mm-hmm. feels really good yeah yeah absolutely just congrats suzanne collins she's such a good author you did a good job <laughs> did you hear that there's a new hunger games book that just came out what okay now, i see, think it- <laughs> I, I have hate for that because i feel like it's good i think it's like it a be. prequel i don't want it i know i haven't read it yet I'm debating if I want to or I not. I don't want to, like, I don't want to ruin it. I'm one of those people, like, sometimes, there are some, like, like, TV series where I'm just, like, this one season was so good. Great. To, like, just do a mini series Because, like, you yeah. did it. It I really liked it. Whatever. And then they're, like, we're going to do another season. And I'm, like, no, thanks. So I don't even watch it. Yeah. Even though I really loved the show, I'm, like, no, it was good. I don't need to do it anymore. So then it's, like, a Hunger Games prequel who cares right who cares i just think like and you know we have very personal feelings about this um obviously but like stop like beating the dead horse yeah like it's done move on Mm -hmm. do something else yeah I would love to read more stuff like written by her. Yeah. But I feel like I would I would prefer for it to just be like a new story completely. Also, like it's been a long time. I know. These books came out years ago. That is such a like thing going on right now, though, is like bringing back old things again. Mm. So I'm not surprised she like fell into that trap, I guess, because that's what like everybody's doing. Midnight song. (laughs) (laughs) That I actually do want to read just to know how bad it is. Oh, God. I okay. can't believe that, like, <laughs> though I can't believe there was an official, like, sanctioned gender swap version of Twilight. I know. And that came out before Midnight. So, okay, anyway. Yes. God. Let's move on. So Okay, so chapter two, Katniss ah! volunteers for her sister. Yes. Obviously. We all know this is a huge part of the story. This entire series is aimed on the idea of Katniss, like, keeping her sister safe above anything else. Mm-hmm. So she volunteers to take her place. Um, and Effie is, like, super pumped because no drama like that ever happens in District 12. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think, does anything else happen between that? No. And then PETA gets called and he is the boy tribute for District 12. Yes. And then we learn Katniss's history with him. Right? That's when we learn this. I was just going to ask if that was when that happened, when she talked about the bread thing. I think it is. Because she's, she's like, when she hears him be called, she's like, oh, my God, anyone but him, please, like, let this not be happening. Yeah. I don't want to be in his debt again. Yes. So I have a question about that. Um, Scholastic is asking us to describe Katniss's relationships with Gail Prim and her mother, how those relationships define her personality, and then on to PETA, why does her early encounter with PETA affect their relationship after they're chosen as tributes? Mm-hmm. Why does she say, I feel like I owe him something and I hate owing people? Yeah. 
So let's dive in on this. Okay. So first, do we want to like talk about her family and her relationships with yeah. them? Yeah. So okay. like you said about Prim, it's like her MO is like to protect this beautiful little literal golden child. Yeah. <laughs> Prim is like the most precious, want her to fly kind of person. Yeah. She's the baby. Um. And I, I feel like it's safe to say that, like, she is the person that Katniss loves, like, above literally anybody else. Yes. So she, her, like, entire life, I guess ever since her dad died especially, has been centered on this idea of, like, keeping her sister safe as and best she you, can. And, like, okay, do you think that that um, came when she had to step up to be, like, leader of the house after her I dad died? I feel like died? it maybe even came before that. Okay. A little bit. Maybe. I just wonder, I mean, I'm sure she loved her sister, but, like, did it get to this point of, like, needing to, like, compulsively take care of her? I guess, no, that's a good point. So, the, like, the the mom part of her that feels, like, responsible for her sister's well-being probably came after her dad died and her mom kind of went into this, like, depression of her own. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the book hints that, like, she was very protective and, like, in love with her sister even before her dad died. Like, she tells stories of, like... Letting her sit on her lap when she was little and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and just being close to her. Um, but yeah, I think that relationship changes after her dad dies and she kind of has to step up and be the provider for the house. Yeah. Well, that's Prim. That's Prim. <laughs> Let's talk about her mom in that vein. Her mom is kind of the one that makes her have to step up. I do really like this, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that this is really good. That her mom falls in this deep depression. Yeah. After the dad dies. And I think that it adds to it, too, that, like, part of the mom's backstory is that, like, she, um, and this is something that I thought was really interesting in the book that you then, like, miss in the movie, Mm -hmm. is that, like, even though, like, District 12 is, like, I guess the shittiest of them all, (laughs) if we're doing them on, like, a totem pole, um, like... It is at the bottom. It's no good there. Um, But that there's still, like, a class system of, like, people in town and people Mm -hmm. in the seam. Yeah. Um, But, like, that the mom, like, lowered herself to be with the dad and go live in the seam and whatever when she was from town. Yeah. And so, like, she, like, gave up her good life to go have have this family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when the reason for her doing that is gone... It's like her whole world crumbles without him. Yeah. I think she's like a cool, interesting character. I think she is too. And that is I'm so awesome. I'm excited to see more of her because I remember her being a bigger deal in the third book. Yes. Yeah. She really steps up later in the series for sure. So I'm interested to see how things change because I thought like this is such a great setup. And then yeah. going into like after she gets chosen, when she gets to go, like she gets to see her family for the last time before being whisked away um that she like yells at her mom yeah she's yeah get your shit together and do not let this kid die yeah i'm not here yeah because i've had to be the head of the house Mm -hmm. yeah that is like it's like katniss doesn't really have any respect for like her mom's background at this point um like she she's just angry like she doesn't she doesn't have any sympathy for like what her mom had to go through at all because she's like, you put me in this position I where mean, I had to step rightfully, up. Rightfully, because she what she was also like twelve when her dad died, yeah, eleven or twelve, and then yeah. she had to become a, a parent at mm-hmm. such a young age. 
that's not fair yeah but it's it's interesting how the book goes on and when she starts to like get scared for the lives of other people that she's kind of like oh i guess i kind of understand where my mom was coming from now Mm -hmm. but like at this point in the book yeah she has no sympathy for it she's like you cannot fall into this trap again i thought it was really interesting that it like kind of goes back to like her mom's total breakdown when there's a point in the book at the very end when she says something like if Peta dies right now i will lose my mind like Mm -hmm. i will break (laughs) like my sanity destroyed right if he dies and i'm like well oh well there's the mom there's your mom yeah so i thought that that was interesting that it does sort of you know without spelling it out Mm -hmm. like it does kind of come full circle on her and that she does she says she feels guilty she's like i I guess i did tell her that i loved her too but like i screamed at my mom in our last interaction together maybe ever right so i i don't know i i like that i think she has a lot of resentment because she had to grow up so Mm -hmm. fast yeah agree in already like a a pretty terrible like living situation Mm -hmm. she then has even more burden put on her to completely destroy what could have been a semblance of a child yeah it's lucky that her dad was like taking her into the woods and teaching her how to hunt before she died or before he died because otherwise their family would have like it's surprising to me that she doesn't hold resentment then to prim Mm -hmm. because she gets the childhood that katniss was not allowed to have yeah but she's so protective of it i think that's why is that she wants prim to be allowed to have a childhood yeah and maybe she's that's why she, she... Of her getting that when she wasn't able to have it herself yeah and that's probably why she like stepped up to like do things with her dad was so that like mm-hmm. they had a child to do that but prim didn't have to like take up that mm-hmm. role and she was so young and so innocent and so like scared mm-hmm. of everything yeah let's talk about gail okay (laughs) i think we should be honest here and i don't like to say this because i i don't okay now i'll go forward with this i remember i remember for sure when watching the later movies i was like well this is wildly exaggerated yeah the the love triangle stuff like wildly exaggerated but honestly, I do not remember that much of what goes on with Gail in the books, like in mm-hmm. terms of romance. So I can't like speak on it. But it, we can acknowledge that it is not in the same vein as Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, how? So I hate to use these words. So please forgive me. But we are both Team Peta. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't know, I guess, like you said, I'm interested to see how this story plays out in the books, because I, I feel like in the movies, I always saw Gail as, like, very pushy on her um, yes. to, like, to fall into this, like, romance trap. And he just kind of, like, comes at it from this angle of, like, we've been friends our entire lives and just kind of, like, assumes that she's his. Gross. And so when this other guy comes into the picture, he becomes, like, a whiny bitch about it. Yeah. Um. So I never cared for that because it's it's just like it's so gross to me that he just kind of like made assumptions and then got really mad when those assumptions were proven false. Yeah. Um. Nasty man. So I'm 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 not really a big fan of Gale, and I guess I'm trying to like go into this book very open minded because he's not bad in this book at all. Like <laughs> in he's, this book, we'll see what happens. He's he's just like her friend, and he cares for her, and he promises to like take care of her family when they're gone. 
But yeah. I feel like you even see in the beginning of this book that, like, he has this dream of, like, having a family. And he's, like, talking about kids. And, like, I want to have kids someday if we lived in a different... I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested in um, seeing if this continues to be true. But it very much does feel like you're so correct about him just, like, having these assumptions, being kind of, like, pushy about what he thinks should happen, whatever. Um that, but it seems like he is making Katniss a manic pixie dream girl a little bit. He is. I know. Like that when he, they're. Yeah. When they're talking about kids and yes. he says that he wants them and she's like, I don't like I live here and I would never raise a kid in this kind of environment. He's like, well, if you didn't. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter. Me and too. he like and he gets mad at her for it. And he like they start like snapping at each other and just kind of like butting heads a little bit. And I'm like. It rubs me the wrong way that, like, even on Reaping Day, like, this is where his energy is focused on, like, the idea of, like, having children in the future. And the whole reason to talk about that of, like, her saying, like, I'm never having kids is because it's Reaping Day. It's not even just District 12 sucks. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to push out a baby that I love to do this to it. Like, I'm not going to perpetuate this. I'm not doing it. That on her own is her small rebellion of I'm not gonna allow I'm not feeding into this system. Yeah. I will not put a kid out here for that to happen. Right. And then he's just on this weird thing and like wanting to run away in the woods together. Mm-hmm. When like from the get-go, she's like, This is my brother. <laughs> yeah. I know. This podcast is going to be a Gale shit fest. It is, especially, I think, when we get to the movies for sure. But even into the later books, I feel like. Yeah, we'll see what happens because I honestly, I don't remember. The only thing I remember is being so upset that the movies decide to pay attention in this book about, like, intense political and social rebellion that so horrifyingly mirrors our lives yeah. that they decide, okay, let's do the love triangle thing. Let's yeah. push that. When I'm like, how dare you? Right. I know. How it's like there are bigger this? and better things going on. Why, why are you like spending so much time paying attention to the love aspect? It's unbelievable. This isn't Twilight. Like Twilight, the love story is like the main part of the story. But this has like so much more happening. Yeah. It's just it feels crazy. Yeah. They really like um, the moment this series becomes a blockbuster hit, which it was not in my humble opinion, just mm-hmm. from watching the first movie. Yeah. This was not produced to as a blockbuster, um, and they then remove that director from the series to be able to continue making the movie that series that they would like to push. Yeah, it's like once it gets blockbustered, it's like things become really different. Yeah, but I don't know. But I don't know. I guess talking about their relationship in this book, the way that their relationship is important to her, I guess, is that like. He expands her horizons a little bit with, like, being able to take care of her family. I just think that, like, he is family to her. Yeah. He is the only other reliable, um, like, grown-up, even though they're both kids, but, like, grown person. Yeah. Like, she is a grown person in her mind because she has to be a caretaker. He's also a caretaker to his family. Yeah. Um, So, like... He is the only person she can rely on being gone. Like, she doesn't yeah. think she can rely on her mom. Prim is too young, too innocent, not able to take care of anything. It's like you can't 
even though I try, you can't survive on cheese. So right. like you have to, <laughs> it's, you can't just I do can cheese, but cheese. I try, I try my hardest too, but it just, it can't, it can't happen. Yeah. And it's, it's like, he, I feel like is also the only one who understands what she's gone through because he went through a very similar thing like his dad also died in the same explosion Mm -hmm. that killed her dad and he was also the oldest child who really had to step up and like take care of his family after that happened so like they have that bond where like they grew up in a very similar way and they went through very similar experiences and so they're able to like lean on each other yes and she doesn't feel as like misunderstood around him i guess because like he had a very similar story to her and i'm gonna throw out a word here that I feel is I'm using correctly, but you with your beautiful education can tell me if I'm not. Um, but I feel like, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I feel like their bond is not as like horrific and intense as the bond that she gets with PETA because I feel like that is a trauma bond. Her and yeah. PETA. As opposed to like, like you were just saying, they have this, like, horrible thing with their dads in common, but it's, like, she she talks about, like, not having, like, a, good, a big relationship with him even, like, some weeks after she starts hunting and her dad is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, they come into it softly. Yeah. As opposed to, like, then her relationship with PETA is forged quickly and powerfully through this horrible thing that they're... Mm -hmm. doing together yeah yeah i think that's a good point so i feel like this this relationship is like her and gail is like very natural Mm -hmm. like it feels like you know there was time right and it has been for a long time and i think that that's why it feels like family Mm -hmm. yeah it happened more naturally to jump to the very end what do, what do you think about her at the end saying when she's going back that she's like um, realizing maybe that Gail feels the feelings that she started to get little tingles of with PETA to her. And she's like, well, could I feel that with him? Do you think that's out of obligation now that she has like had some like romantic awakening out in the hunger games that she feels like well do yeah. i need to explore this with this person that i have i, this big relationship I feel like with? that's part of it i feel like it's it's like up until this point romance hasn't even been like a thing on her mind she hasn't had any kind of interaction with it at all mm-hmm. and so even though like with Peta, it's like in her mind it was very fake romance it still maybe gave her just like a little bit of a taste that now she's like i guess i should explore it but I'll say this, too. I was really um, kind of shocked. We'll talk about the um, Peter romance stuff as it comes. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was really shocked in trying to find questions um, for this uh, book and everything with so many people saying, like, blah, 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 Katniss. It was all fake for Katniss, where I was like, I really don't think that it was. No, I was I don't pretty either. shocked by that in the book that I was like, there's so many times where she's like, this does feel real. Yeah. And she, and she can tell when PETA's not doing it for the show too. Like, and that she says something about like, all of these kisses are so stupid. And then there's this one where it's like, oh, 
I yeah. would like to keep doing this. Please. Yes. Well, and she she has these moments too where she like really realizes that like oh my god, like you said earlier, if something happens to Peta, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Like she realizes that like she does care for him and she does want him to come through. And even at the end, like this is so jumping the gun, and I I, f- know. I feel like I should just save it for later, but I'm not going to because I'm gonna forget it. When they get to the point with the berries, like I feel like if she didn't really care about him, it would have been easy for her to just like shoot him and be like, "Fuck this, I'm going home." Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. Like at that point, she feels attached to him, and like she wants him to come back with her. Well, I'll say this too: is when they're on the way home, and he says something like, "So what is this? What happens when we go home?" Mm-hmm. And she genuinely is like, "I don't know." Yeah, and he's like, "So." any of it and she's like i i don't uh, i don't know like that the the answer at least inside is like well i don't know because it's confusing because some of it did feel real but is that just because we were in there together yeah blah 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 and then what about gail so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know i got i got really surprised and offended and i think i remember feeling this way with some of the other like discussion questions when romance started getting big in harry potter i was like what the fuck like I, th- who's who's reading things this way? Yeah, that I was like, I don't think that it was all fake for her, and that's not just like me going in being like shippy. Yeah, it's like that was like honestly like I in there. I feel like it's easy for her to see it as fake because she knows that like a big part of the reason why she started acting that way was because Hamish was like, this is what you need to do. Like this is our strategy. Mm-hmm. You have to play up the star-crossed lovers thing. It's how you're gonna get out of here alive. And so at first she's like very much doing it for the cameras and for the support that yes. she needs. But yeah, like over time, I feel like it becomes real yeah i don't know i guess we'll get more into it as we get more into the story but it's really interesting to see how back and forth she is on Peta. like at first she's like well maybe we could be friends like are we pretending is this real and then she sees him with the careers and she's like fuck this guy i want him dead and she just like keeps going back and forth i thought that it was really interesting that she goes on to say something about how like there's some quote in there where she says like i need to be careful because kind people draw me in yeah <laughs> Yes, Katniss. But she, I thought that that was that was interesting. She's like, this person is my opponent, and I need to not fall for this. And I think that that has to do with like the sweetness of her sister. And so when she Mm -hmm. sees stuff like that, I mean, not even just the like her feeling like she owes Peta for his kindness. It's that genuinely, she's like, I really like this person because he's so kind. Yeah, not just that he fed me one time. Mm Hmm. Right. And his witch of a mother. Yeah. <laughs> he's a witch of a mother. I love that the dad is like in love with her mom. I, I know. So I think funny. that's so cute. <laughs> God. Oh my okay, God. Okay. Let's start zooming through. I want to get to the capital. I want to talk about this. So okay. they get on a train. They get on the train. They go to the capital. And even like the train ride is very fancy compared yes. to what they're used to. The meals are so elaborate. They the have food. like six course meals. The showers on the train. I've never been on a train that had a shower before. This is some fancy trains. It is. It's some fancy trains. And this is where we really get to meet Haymitch for the first time. I yes. feel like we need to talk about him a little bit before we get to the capital. Yes, for sure. Um, He is nauseating and awful when we first get to know him. Yes. Um, And that was the first thing. I guess I don't want to talk about the movie too much, but that was the first thing where I really noticed a big difference yes. between movie Hamish and book Hamish is yes. that like at least when we first meet him, he sucks in the book. There's I feel like there's a lot of time given like 
again, we should not talk about the movie, but again, I guess I'll just say another compliment about the pacing of this book. Mm-hmm. That, like, there is, even just on this train, like, a transformation that we see yeah. of Hamish. And I think that, like, just the time afforded to, like, get to know that character and then see him decide, like, oh, these kids, like, aren't going in thinking that they ha- they are fated to die. Mm-hmm. I need to step it up because like I think the emotional toll and she Katniss talks about this later in the book where she says she like starts to understand him a little bit more of like the emotional toll that it must have been because like I don't know it's like something like 20 or 30 years since he won yeah that it's been decades of him training kids just to die and getting invested in these kids just to watch them die no matter what he does yeah so to like the trauma number one of him going in and doing this and winning Mm -hmm. and then also the decades of watching kids die um where it can even feel like his fault of course is gonna like contribute to this like alcoholism i am trying to remember i don't know if we learn more about haymitch's games like when he was in them but i'm really interested in learning like how he managed the only thing that we get in the book is that he outsmarted everybody that was it yeah and i guess that's more just like Peta and katniss speculating we don't even Mm -hmm. know for sure if that's what happened yeah so I, I don't remember at all if the, like, later books go into it, but I really hope they do. Yeah. So we get to, like, learn more about how, like, Haymitch's backstory, because I feel like he is a character that could have a really interesting one. Yeah, I'd be interested to to know that. But, mm. yeah, it is interesting that he is so wildly unlikable. And yeah. Then, um, and he, like, we see this, like, pretty quick shift as soon as, like, Peta and Katniss start talking to him and he realizes that like they're actually in this to try to survive mm-hmm. it's different and they're he sees that like just because they're from 12 and he sees that they actually have like a chance because yes. they both have like stuff going for them mm-hmm. that could help them in the arena yeah so i i feel like i i liked that and i like that he he says i will stay just drunk enough yeah. <laughs> to be able to get through a day but also be able to help you yes I, just, I, I think it's good. I think it's good. I, I mean, really I, th- love I think that it feels like um, adult and real of it not to just be like, he's going to get sober for the games. <laughs> like, yeah. That would be insane. Right. But yeah, he becomes a, an actual ally. Mm-hmm. And I like that he starts off like not great. And especially like the first time we see him as being like pretty awful and drunk and falling over on the stage at the reaping and mm-hmm. all this stuff. It's like. But the more you get to know him and realize what he's been going through, it's like, of course he's getting shit-faced watching all these little 12-year-olds be get afraid murdered. for their life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, of course he's going to go up there not able to walk. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's like, how else do you cope with that? Yeah. So, Haymitch is great. I thought that I it was pretty really funny, like too, that Katniss was like, if he lets me die... All the people in the black market in 12 who give him his alcohol are going like to be like, me, no more. are going to cut him off. <laughs> yeah. And he realizes the stakes. I thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, oh, I know. God, I think Hamich. I like this intro of Hamish and that he becomes like an ally pretty quickly while still being like not likable. Yeah, I agree. Agree. I like that, like, he, even towards the end, like, he's still, like, kind of, like, a grumpy dude. Mm-hmm. 
And you're really unsure about how he feels about Katniss over, like, the entire course of the book. Yeah. Because she has moments when she's in the arena where she's like, fuck, this guy hates me. There's no way he's going to help me at all. Okay. So do we want to jump ahead to when they arrive at the Capitol? Yes. Okay. So after they arrive, or even when they're pulling into the Capitol, they look out the window for the first time and they, like, see just how grand it is compared to... So let's let's talk about this because this is is a beef that I will have in the next episode that we put out. Um... But they are, uh, they're both really competent in their um, decisions of how to portray themselves and play the game mm-hmm. from the get-go. Like, Peta waving and smiling out the window, and then, like, Katniss still going in really stone-faced and whatever. Just, like, they're mm-hmm. both very, like, prepared. And I like from the get-go that Katniss is, like, strategy. Whenever looking at yeah. Peta doing something, like, goofy or, like, really charming or whatever, she's like, I see you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right away. She's that like, I, I like, get you. I like that, because you know from being in her head and, like, reading her perspective and inner monologue and whatever, like, you know, you know for sure that she's going in with strategy, but it's good to, like, notice and be able to see right off the bat that Peta is also going in with a strategy. Yeah. He's hardcore about this. He's not going in to die. Yeah. So I just, I want to point that out because it's important to me. Right. No, yeah, I think that's good that you see like right off the bat the different ways that they react to the Capitol and like how that influences Mm -hmm. the whole way they hold themselves the entire time they're mm-hmm. there but just because they're not careers like that doesn't mean anything they're both going in from the beginning playing the game yeah to win it or hamish, to do everything they can yeah hamish tells them not to fight anything that the stylists do to them and then we go yeah i would like to talk about the body hair yes i love it so much and it makes me, me feel so much rage for next episode I just think they're cowards because they literally, a line in it is you're just so hairy. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I think I really, it's like, of course they're not going to do anything. Yeah. They're like barely scraping by every day. Yeah. She's clean, but she's not going to shave. Why should, who should, what's, what's she going to shave for? Yeah. What does that matter? Right. And that it feels so barbaric. I think that's amazing. I know. I think it, it says a lot just how much the Capitol puts a stress on appearance. And not even to just appear like clean and poised and elegant and like you take care of yourself to the extreme. But also to like take it a step further and add this extra like all these bright colors and this crazy makeup and this like plastic surgery to like yes. overemphasize your features to make yourself truly like attractive or like. I don't know. So you compare that to like District 12. Yeah. And it's just like the images of these people and the way that they hold themselves and are it's, completely it's different. It's really wild too if you think about it that these are all kids. The lengths that they are going to to make these teenagers sexy and yes. attractive for the viewing audience. Mm-hmm. Like they want them to go in waxed. Yeah. Ready to go. Clean. Makeup. Like whatever. They want for it to all get destroyed, like, immediately. But still, like, to present these kids as, like, attractive. Yeah. 
it's weird. It's horrifying, especially when you think of how young some of them are. Like, Rue is, like, 12 years old. Okay, and, and we haven't gotten into it, and this is, I'm sure, going to be a beef that we're going to have with uh, the movie counterpart for not talking about it at all. But I happen to remember Finnick's backstory of being pimped out yeah. to people in the Capitol when he's, like, a kid. Yeah. Horrifying. I know. So it's, like, put that in context of, like, like this book is such a good starter because everything's going to build and get more horrifying. Mm -hmm. But like, I remember that. And so reading this of like these kids getting hot for Mm -hmm. TV, it's like, I'm just thinking about how Finnick was made to be a prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's truly horrifying. It's, it's like even just this like basic overview of the people of the Capitol without really getting to know what the Capitol is, is so horrifying and so despicable. And you're like, God, these people are so superficial it's disgusting this is something that i really appreciate about the book is that it's like it's such a good like beginning like Mm -hmm. there's they're not putting too much in like they're not doing all this stuff talking about like rebellions happening in book one they're not doing they're not going overboard with showing how horrifying the capital is we barely get a glimpse of president snow it's like it's just enough yeah it's it's just like i feel like the main thing that you get in this book is just how different the culture is there than it is in the districts and that these people just live such a pampered lifestyle and they like they don't even understand how awful it is in in the districts and like Mm -hmm. that's where they feel nauseating and like that's where they feel so gross and it's like at this point you don't even know like the truth of like what life in the capital is really like and i like that like it's not too like alien you know what i mean like they the capital is like just a heightened version of like what is already here so it's it's just a city so you realize like that you know either way it's like the the like class gap it's like if it was just pushed and even then even then it it is not that different from how things are on the highest and lowest of what life looks like yeah like it's not a stretch if a stretch at all for like quite a lot i mean she heightens things with like technology and fashion and whatever but like barely yeah that's one thing that like struck me about it too is that like it really feels so real it does feel real because the thing that makes it fancy are these like big buildings and like cars which is <laughs> yeah. like what we have now and it just like it feels so fancy to katniss because she comes from this place that literally has nothing but like to us it's like these and people it, live the yeah. lives that we live the only thing that makes it like different is how pimped out these people are basically yeah. or how like the how they look like the the dyed skin and Mm -hmm. the the animal features and that kind of stuff but like the life that they live and the way that the capital is just portrayed is just like it's just the one percent it's just literally right now but with different makeup (laughs) right it's the same yeah same it's horrifying i'm just so impressed because i think um I think the movies do kind of lose the message of, like, trying to make things really, like, alien and out there. Agree. Um, And I think it, not to get too conspiracy theory, but I think it's because it's, like, well, the people making the movie are the capital. Like, they're, yeah. they can't, like, make it too true to life, which it feels like it is really true to life in the book. Because it's, like, 
this is supposed to be taking place in the future. So it's yeah. a natural progression of like where America is mm-hmm. like right now. Yeah, I do have like some notes that of like things that I observed about how the capital is portrayed in the movie that I don't yes. want to get into now. I want to save it for the next episode. But like that <laughs> was something that struck me too is like the way that the capital is portrayed in the movie is very different than how it's written in the book. Yes, but I was I was really impressed by that because I think the we've talked about this before is that like the you remember the movies better because like people are visual. Mm-hmm. So it's like that really like um, colors how you think of the books. Mm-hmm. And so reading this, I was so shocked at how like honest and real so much of it felt. Even though it's like there's so much of it that's so fantastical and wild and out there. It's like it felt so grounded. Mm-hmm. And I think that you lose that in the movies and I think it's on purpose. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Cinna yes. for a second. I adorson <laughs> i love him so much so we're at the point where she's just been stripped by her prep yes. team and then cinna comes in and is like the first capital person to not fall for like the grandeur of the games i guess mm-hmm. and to address them as like what they are yes which is refreshing. Yeah. He doesn't see them as this like big sporting event that is like so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He like understands what they're truly about. I what I like is that like she goes in talking about how like other people are like forced to go out naked and then like these dumb coal miner costumes and whatever is that I I really like that you see that his approach is like I want to give these people as much dignity as possible before they're sent to their deaths. Yes. Like, horrible yeah so he's like we're gonna we're gonna give these people what they want but in a way that lets you stay true to who you are Mm -hmm. too which is really cool to keep some level of dignity and respect like it's yeah good for him yeah so cinna is great he's like one of the best characters and that he like looks relatively normal yeah yeah the only (laughs) thing that he has is like gold eyeliner but the rest of him is just like human Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is nice so he comes up with this really grand outfit yes. for Katniss and Peeta for their entrance. He literally lights them on fire. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this because I think this is really important. Is that the entire team, Hamish, Cinna, everybody, you two are a team. You are a duo. You yes. are together. Mm-hmm. They match outfits all the time throughout the entire like training at the all capital the time and i loved that is that like katniss continues to be like i wish we didn't have to match like, yeah and then and then he's the one who's like hold hands mm-hmm. he's the one yeah who's like hold hands yeah i love and cherish that i just think that it's like i love that they're going in saying that like this is a team that's yes. so crazy cinna is like in a way kind of the one who starts the like the small rebellion of yes. like showing the capital that like you can't pit us against each other from mm-hmm. the beginning which is really cool mm-hmm. i really like it yeah so he sets them on fake fire mm-hmm. i love synthetic fire so cool <laughs> just like wild and weird wild and weird i know i yeah there's so many weird science things that are happening in the capital I don't know. I don't know if I if I feel like I really need to say this, but I just like I will say I think the most boring part of the books to me is talking about um, like the mutts and stuff. Yes. Uh, like I don't. I think that that like 
there's parts of these books where it feels like things verge a little bit to like sci-fi for me Mm -hmm. where because i've just gotten done gushing about how much i like how like grounded yeah the books feel so like i think that that's why i don't like them is that they it like turns up the notch like a little bit too much Mm -hmm. but it's fine it's the future whatever yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs) but so like synthetic fire made me laugh. at least these mutts aren't like in your face all the time yeah the thing about the mockingjay i i love i think that's great i think that's really interesting i do not care i (laughs) i did not care for and i do not care about um those dogs yeah, we'll get to those later. Those are horrifying. So, yeah. But anyway, we'll but the it. synthetic fire made me laugh because I'm like, this is just like crazy. Yeah. So he <laughs> kind of gives them a leg up in the competition from the very beginning. Yes. Like they very clearly steal the show mm-hmm. with like parading through the Capitol being on fire. Yes. <laughs> All the tributes are like giving them the nasty eye. Yes. Right away. Because they have the best look. Because they have the best look. So <laughs> that's the other thing too is like I feel like Cinna is like adding something to District 12 that it's never had before where they like come out of the shoot right away. Yes. With this like we are the ones to watch. Yes. Right away. Which is very cool. Um... Yeah, so then the parade ends, they get into the tribute center, and they go up to their floor, and then I think that's just when training begins, right? Yes, so they get the advice from Hamish, not the advice, but the direction, Yeah, that they will do everything together. Yes. They will go to the same stations, they will train together. Katniss finds out that they are the only ones with matching training outfits. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. I, I like it. <laughs> They're the only ones with matching training outfits. They have to stick together, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I love how pissed she is about I that. love it. I think it's so funny. She does not want to be tied to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I oh. love that she's like, this is a stupid strategy because we're just going to have to kill each other the minute mm-hmm. we go in there. Yes. We did skip over one thing. Oh, okay. The Avox girl. Oh, yes. Because that's going to be a big... Hi. Hi. I just touched feet <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because so that becomes a big deal. That becomes a big deal. And this is like... She is a character I totally forgot about. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, this Avox girl is um someone that Katniss recognizes. And her story is interesting, I feel like. Um... Katniss going again so back and forth about like oh my god does this girl hate me or like does she really like me and again Katniss feeling like she owes her something because she yeah because she like let her partner die yeah without doing anything about it so it adds into this like her hating the fact that she doesn't want to like be in debt to someone Mm -hmm. in any way hates it yeah hates the debt (laughs) so yeah we just like we briefly get introduced to this girl i don't think we even hear much of the story until later oh no we do we know right away she tells Peta the story they go up to the roof he covers for her when she he's always covering for her which adds to her debt for him too so she kind of just blurts out like oh my god i know you and the girl's like oh no you don't (laughs) And then PETA covers for her, but then later that night, he's like, so what is the story with this girl? And she tells him. And it's the first time that she really kind of, like, discloses a bit of information about herself to PETA. And it's the first time she kind of is like, maybe we could be friends, kind of. Mm -hmm. You know, well, we have to, you know? Yeah. And then she feels so betrayed um, when he's like, I want to be, 
I want to be trained alone. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So that AVOX girl happens. But then, yes, they go to the training. They learn lots of tips. Um, yeah, so this is when we see PETA's artistic talent <laughs> come alive. <laughs> I Which love I that love. she's I love that she's so impressed by like does he know how like light even comes through the trees just from his one tree in the backyard? I know I live in the forest. I know, like, I I know. like so this funny. is what he has to bring to the arena is that he knows how to frost cakes. <laughs> I love it. What is it just a line in the movie or is it in the book where he says something about like frosting someone to death? Because I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I know, I thought that was funny too. I think he does say it in the book later when she like finds him. I f- yeah, I feel like quite a lot of dialogue from the first movie comes from the book, which is nice. Yeah, I guess. that's <laughs> yeah. The dialogue is the same. The meaning behind it is different. Whoops. Um. Anyway, yeah, but I I like that they go and they learn how to do like snares and knots and stuff, and that they're taking the time to do like all of this like survival based stuff where you see the careers. Yeah. Just showing off how swole they are <laughs> yeah yeah but they take the time to learn how to like survive in the wild but which i is... think that that's what the difference is is because that's the whole point of like when she teams up with rue and, and finds out they just have this big like pyramid of food and supplies it's like the minute that's gone it's like they're gonna starve out and die because they don't know how yeah to do they it. don't they know how to survive betting on just being able to take over mm-hmm. like at the at the front of the in the middle yeah. of the map or whatever they and, think that they'll be fine just because they're strong and they yeah and you you people. get that hint in the beginning like these people have been groomed and trained since they were little but they've been trained in combat like they've been trained in how to use weapons and how to fight people they don't know anything about surviving in the wild at all so it's like about, Katniss gets a real horrifying. leg up. Let's talk about the careers for a minute. Um, but uh, they they did not maybe for good reasons mention this. I mean, not really because I love everything about the books or whatever. Um, uh, can we talk about the cannibal? Yes. Because I did not remember that. I, I did not remember that either. I was listening to the audiobooks, and so I was just, like, sitting and crocheting or, like, playing Animal Crossing, just, like, living my best life. And they're like, there was a guy who wouldn't stop eating people. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. Some of them, like, really go crazy. It's like, this is what they've been training for their entire life. And I feel like was to a certain extent. Was that guy a career that was in the d- discussion of careers who go nuts? I no, I feel like he was, like, from District 6. Yikes. So he wasn't even a career. But it just, like, I feel like it kind of shows how... The madness of The madness that some of these people, like, turn into. Because it's like, that guy probably didn't go into the games intending to eat everybody. But it's, it's like, if they're in the arena long enough, they really start to, like, lose part of who they are. And I feel like that also ties into what PETA was talking about when he and Katniss kind of have their talk. Oh, yeah. When he's like, I don't want them... I (laughs) I don't want them to, like take my identity from me and have me just like completely lose sight of who I am in this. Like if I'm going to die, I want to die as me, not as this like creature that they made me. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like what the cannibal is. It's just like he completely lost his mind in the arena and just started going rabid. I just keep thinking about, I know like I just keep thinking about that one girl who sharpens her teeth in the next one. Oh my God. I know. What are you going to do with those? She rips people's throats out. That's what she does with them. <laughs> right? I feel like that's what they're for. I don't remember. It's so she can, like, tear people apart with her mouth. Why is she breaking the unspoken rule of don't eat people? That's know. horrifying. I don't know. Jesus H. But, yeah, the careers are scary, and we learn more about them, I think, in the um, 
in the arena too. Yes. But yeah, like they don't they don't know shit except how to be good with a knife. But I think that that's really good is like they're so scary and impressive and it's like if you're not a career just get out of the middle. Just go hide for like a couple days. Yeah. And then outsmart them. But I And that is like the strategy yeah. that Katniss uses. I think that it's interesting that they talk about like the careers win so much when it seems easy to destroy them. I know. Maybe it's just this. It group? is interesting, but it's it's maybe because a lot of the other tributes in previous games like don't know how important survival skills are. But yeah. Katniss, who's been doing this her whole life, is like, if I can just hide out and survive until the end and then come in and attack, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe they think that the careers are the dangerous ones are the ones to watch because like they're the ones who put on the good show of like being violent, yeah, and just being able to take out everybody right away, yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, you get into that, too, is, like, uh, what's-her-face? Foxface. I don't know if we ever learned her name. But she... I love her. Um, like, she seems to be smart like that, too. And it's surprising to have her taken out the way that she was. I know. Because she seems to be smart like Katniss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like maybe she's just smart with the survival skills, but she's not as educated as Katniss in, like, being able to identify which plants are good and which ones are, like lethal yeah i don't know i mean her death was clearly like um plot driven yeah like it was to to show off the berries to be able to make that happen in the end yeah Um, well and i feel like maybe nightlock is just like not something that is in every district too so maybe it's just a plant that she saw and was just like oh it's just food Mm -hmm. you know and she didn't know that it was well i guess too because she was she was stealing real food Mm-hmm. The whole time, and then after that was like just watching what other people were gathering to steal it from them. So I get fine. I, I yeah, take it back. That, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, she sees that as like food that had been gathered. Yeah. So like, Peter was intending to eat those when he first got those. So she probably or assumed that they were seen. safe. <laughs> he was. <laughs> okay, let's get into the pre-show interviews. Okay. Yeah, so we have this training that they have to go through <laughs> before. So bad. So we don't know. We don't know about Pete anymore because he said, "I'm going it alone." Yes, which is smart. <laughs> which is smart, so he can take her by surprise in his revelation. Yes. <laughs> at the interview, but so Katniss is like so hopeless in these trainings with Hamish and Effie. Like she doesn't know how to present herself at all, mm-hmm. and she goes into this interview being like, "I am." fucked (laughs) i don't know how to do this i'll say this um i don't think it would have been good in the movie because i think it would have been too like early 2000s like girly rom-coms or whatever like from our childhood but i like to to see the montage of her learning how to walk in heels would have been so funny i know but it's fine that it wasn't in there but i just i I love that that's in the book that she's like oh god i know (laughs) and that she's so happy that the ones that she's given for the actual interview are two inches shorter or whatever yeah and that the dress isn't one that she has to like hike up in some way so good very good but yeah so then um really what kind of gives her the confidence going into the interview is cinna again he makes her look beautiful in this dress and then he also just teaches her that like she as a person herself the way she is can be charming if she's like addressing the audience correctly yes i think that like this is an an interesting thing to do and this is such a like a trope of like all things of just like the like 
I didn't want to be the chosen one, whatever thing of Mm -hmm. like, they keep stressing that she does not feel like she is likable. Yes. And she kind of isn't. Right. Because she has had to grow up harsh. And so like, why is she going to take the time to be charming and likable or whatever? Yeah. But I think it's funny how like she, I don't know, we were talking about this, like she gets robbed of like having any sort of childhood and like she still is just like a dumb teenager. Yeah. But like that that she comes across like vapid and giggly and stupid in this interview and i'm like if the like that could just be her of just like getting to have fun and like liking yeah. feeling pretty like she what i thought about this too is that we'll talk about this with the movie but in this book at least it's like she does feel really beautiful with her mom's fancy town dress and stuff, mm-hmm. and she really does enjoy the fashions and getting to feel beautiful and stuff. Is that she does? She does. I yeah. like that so far. I don't know what happens in the other ones, but I like that so far. Katniss is not getting the not like other girls thing. I am not getting the sense of her being the strong female character. Mm-hmm. She's just like a person. Yeah. And I can appreciate that she feels dumb. She's like, ugh, I don't want to look like. I don't want to look like some dumb, giggly teen girl who's all excited about twirling in a dress or whatever, like, that she feels embarrassed by that. But I'm like, that, good, cool. That's like a teenager. Yeah. And she's getting to experience something that she hasn't been able to, of being able to be, like, clean and pretty Mm -hmm. and feminine and whatever, and that she is, like, at least a little bit enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Like, she thinks that the dresses are, like, beautiful, and she, like, looks in the mirror and is just, like, in awe of, like, how different she looks Mm -hmm. when she's all, like, makeup and dressed up and and stuff. Yeah, so. Anyway, I just wanted to make that point because I thought, like... I yeah, I think I, that's I think that's really lost in the movie. It is. Time. I feel like the movies make her out to be very much of like. This, oh no no, like, no no no! Oh, the it's like it's so bad. It's yeah, like she they, gets she gets the not like other girls strong female character thing in such a bad way. She it's does. Like, she has this like very hard awful. exterior that is so. It's awful. Yeah, it's it's bad. So I appreciate it very much that like she feels so well rounded. Mm-hmm. in the book i don't know if like as the books continue if she's gonna get a little bit if she's gonna fall into those tropes a little bit more as things get more intense but i really did appreciate it in this book that she was like a person yeah agree so she goes into this interview and is very charming and i don't know i feel like she kind of has this like <laughs> innocent exterior a little bit when caesar's like what has impressed you the most and she's like the food is so good yeah <laughs> I, I think like that's really too sweet. that he's he's presented as another ally. Too, he is, which yeah. is which is funny to for her to even think that, like right now to like know that he goes in trying to make everybody look the best that they can. Yeah, which I think is really interesting. And I don't even remember like his turn. Like I don't remember his like story arc in the books at all. Yeah, don't tell me if you remember. But I, I don't remember anything that goes on with him, but I think that it's, like, really Well, I think the point cool. is that, like, Caesar can make people, like, look the way that he wants them to. Like, he's he's the media. He mm-hmm. can, like, he can spin a story any way he wants. So if he wants you to be very likable, then, like, he knows how to do that. Yes. But alternatively, if he wants to make you super hated by everybody, like, he's able to do that, too. I think that it's, like... It's interesting that, like, he feels like an ally for, like, wanting everything to be as, like, smooth as possible. But also it's, like, he's doing this because they need to make the games as amazing as possible. And so Mm -hmm. they need to have all the tributes. Like, you need to be able to root for all of them. Yeah. To be able to have the games be good. So it's, like, not as, like, 
I don't know, like mm-hmm. benevolent as as it seems. Yes, that. But uh, yeah, they make a they make a point of him like. I don't know, not being on like the same level as Cinna because he is really out there looking and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But like he that he is like some sort of ally to them. Yeah. And she says that at the end, she's like, well, he must know that he needs to sell this love story, make it look good mm-hmm. to make this be good. But I, that's never. I don't know. Like, you don't you don't know. Right. If that's what he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's what trying are to his do motives? It to, like quell the government and what I like. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Don't or know. if he just like really fell it's into this trap. It's just good TV. Yeah. He's scary Ryan Seacrest. Yes. <laughs> that feels like such an old reference because I feel like Ryan Seacrest is like not relevant anymore. Oh my God. No, he's not. American Idol <laughs> is long gone from the way we know it. I don't even think like, I don't even know if he's on like the E! News thing anymore. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I haven't I followed bet he him has forever. A, I bet he has a terrible podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Probably. I bet he has a real bad one. Yeah. But anyway, so they talk about her. Oh, I guess we didn't really talk about her <laughs> attack on the gamekeepers in her. Oh my God. I forgot about that yeah so that okay yeah we gotta go back because that's necessary to talk about yeah it is so Hamish has instructed them when they go into training not to show off what their actual skills are and to like save it for their demonstration so she goes into this like assessment by the gamekeepers i guess like not really having ever experienced shooting a capital bow or anything yeah because that that, what the deal is is that they're going to be like graded Yes. On a scale of 12, of, like, how good they are. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how much of a threat they pose in yes. the arena. In order to have people, like, be able to place bets and do, like, the sponsorship mm-hmm. stuff for them. Right. So Katniss goes in, and by the time that they go in, because they're the last district, the gamekeepers are just, like, so out of it. They're not even paying attention. They're drunk. Mm-hmm. They're partying. They're, like, not paying attention. So in order to get their attention, she shoots an arrow at their pig. <laughs> Yeah, so they've, their got, food. they've got, like, a suckling pig with an apple in the mouth, and they're all just, like, drinking and eating and not paying attention to her. She hits, like, a bunch of, like, bullseye, like, straight in between the eye shots on these, like, dummies or whatever, and they're not even And they don't attention. even notice it. And so she gets so pissed, like, she has this, like, capital rage yeah. that she shoots the apple out of the pig's mouth and bows. Yeah, and, and, is, and leaves out. without being dismissed. Yes. She's fantastic. I know. She's so good. I love that. And I will I will say just like ahead of time, like reading that. And I remember exactly how that looked and was in the movie. And I was like, perfection. I know. That was perfection. that was what I was going to say when we got to the movie. He was like, that is one part of the movie that I thoroughly enjoy. I love that so much. Anyway, so yeah. So that yes, that was really important. So she scores an 11. She scores an 11. She gets very high. And at first, after that happened, she is, like, hardcore panicking. She's like, are they going to kick me out of the games? Are they going to yes. kill me? Are they going to hurt my family? Hamish loves it. He thinks it's great. <laughs> and he kind of, like, Effie's kind of like, how dare you? But Hamish is like, well, what's done is done. We're just going to have to see yeah. <laughs> what happens. I love it. And she ends up getting the highest score out of all the tributes. Yes. Even, Even higher careers. than the careers. She gets the highest one, which really puts a target on her back. Yes. And I think that's why they did it, was to, like, put a target on her back when Ooh, she gets smart. into the Correct. arena. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that did not cross my mind at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They didn't do it because they were actually impressed by her. They did it to, like, make people go after her. Yes. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So, it's she great. does this. she does this interview... 
Giggles, giggles, giggles. Let's do some turns and show off some more dumb fire stuff. Talk about my sister a little bit. Yeah, and then talk about the sister. I really liked that she was like, you know, kind of like the internal stuff of her. Like when Caesar asks about Prim, she's like, no, no, no. You cannot have this She's too. like, you don't get to ask me about my past. I love that. That you she's already, like. I like that she's like, you already have my future. You don't get to have my yes. past too. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. So then anyway, then PETA comes along for his interview. <laughs> and at first he's just. Charming and joking. Charming and, and dazzling to everybody. Yes. Talking about how great the showers are. Putting in these like funny jokes. Yes. And then Caesar asks him if he has a girl back home. And PETA says, no, I do not. Mm-hmm. There's this girl that I like back at home, but sh- I don't think she even knew who I was up until my name got called. And Caesar's like, well, if you win this thing, you can go back and have any girl you want. And Peter's like, no, I can't because the girl that I like is here, too. <laughs> and that's the end of part one. That is such a good little cliffhanger. And the, they eat it up. Yes. Everyone. It it's up. it's this like star-crossed lovers thing that becomes their strategy from here on out for the rest of the game. And I love that she like. She just like immediately like looks down, gets really red in the face, will not look at. Yeah, anybody. I like that they say that like her reaction is very charming and very shocked. And like even though she's not planning on playing into this game at first, it's totally like the response that was needed. But she's like, what the fuck? So it's like clearly Peta's decision to be trained on his own was like not actually his decision. It was like probably Hamish being like, you've got a thing for this girl and we need to talk about how to use this to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I think even though, too, is like, I don't want to discount him being smart about it because he is the one to like, let's make sure we stay together. Let's do whatever. He wants to be like this charming whatever and is like in on the team stuff. And so it's like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe he did ask if he's he's like smart enough to know all of this to maybe even have been the one to suggest it of being like, hey, we're playing this up. Mm -hmm. Why don't I say this? Yeah. And the feelings can be true. Yeah. But he's playing the game. Yeah. He's playing it hard. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. He is. <laughs> but I think I, it's safe to say, I think that like at this point, his feelings for her are already true and real. Correct? Oh, yeah. Is that I, how you read it too? I imagine it as like, it, it's really like heightened. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like he has a crush on her. Yeah. And has had a crush on her. But it's not this, I'm in love with this girl. No. Thing. And I think that that like that maybe comes into it by the end of like having this like I'll say it again correct me this trauma bond of being in the hunger games together and surviving it together of being like we took care of each other we survived this together like maybe if it's not even love but I mean they're kids of course it's love in their mind like right this deep feeling of like care that I have for you Mm -hmm. and he already does have romantic feelings it's like of course he feels like romantic love for her not even just like i care about you love right so but i think at this point it's very heightened he doesn't like he he's doesn't not know, he love, doesn't know love. her yeah he doesn't know her enough to be in love with her right so at this point i think it is like it's there's always a there's always some truth in a in a in a joke or a lie or whatever like there's yeah. always some truth in it so it's like I think the feelings are there, but I don't think they're, it's as big of a deal as they're presenting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after the interview, 
Katniss is pissed. <laughs> well, yeah, I think she's, I think, because then she comes to the realization that, like, yes, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then still is like, but what happens when we're going to have to kill each other? Yeah. But I think that that's kind of crazy. I mean, they have, it's for the tension of him joining up with the careers and stuff. But I'm just like, then why would they not go in with a plan to have an alliance? Why would they not go in doing that? Mm-hmm. That's the part that I'm like, well, that's like a little bit of a plot hole to me. I guess. If that, if that was their if that was their angle that they were doing, why was it not discussed? You two need to band together. Going I in. I guess. I guess that maybe it's just because like it's it's clear that Katniss is more like shocked but doesn't share the feelings yet. I know, but like At the plan point. of the team, like why would Hamish not be like don't go to the cornucopia and get stuff. Just go to the woods. It Wouldn't it just be like, you need to play this up so that you get sponsors. Team up together, at least for the beginning. Well, I think, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just like more from an angle of like, PETA goes into the arena with this idea of he's like, I need to protect her. Yeah. So he goes in I mean, being like, I need works. to get in the way of people who I know are going to try to go after her right yeah. away and like keep his, them from. His storyline still works. And I mean, they never did focus on Katniss and whatever. Like they can't get her back up to talk about the revelation or whatever. Right. But like, I still do think like, well, that would have been like a smart move just to be a team from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's not the drama of the book. So it's like what I forgive it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not anything. It's like it still makes sense and is fine. Yeah. But it's just like if that was such a big play by their team, I don't understand why that wasn't like a direction. That's true. From them. Yeah. So, oh, well. That's anyway, true. but she does like understand that this is like smart. Yeah. So she gets, I think, mo- I think she's not pissed about him saying that. I think she's pissed about not being in on it because mm-hmm. she doesn't like looking stupid. Yeah. And she felt like she looked stupid. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. She, like, overcomes her anger on it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, well, okay. And it's like, it's you guys did me a favor. You made me look a lot more likable than I did in my yeah. interview. <laughs> and then he he even says stuff like, well, all the boys are in love with her at home. Like, <laughs> Yeah, what? and it's like, no. <laughs> I think that's funny. Oh, can I say this? I was, like really surprised for some reason just going back to the beginning um with them talking about going to school i don't know why i was so surprised by it but i'm like that's so yeah. normal but i guess they have to indoctrinate them somehow so yeah but i was so like surprised i was like oh, school right <laughs> but they go to school they do that was surprising me yeah anyway. but their school is different than ours because it's all about like learning about mining and learning about the <laughs> well, history yeah. of panem but yeah. yeah but i was still surprised i was like oh my god i know so then they go to bed and it's their last night. So they wake up the next day and it is the morning of the first day of the games. Yep. So they get transported to the arena and then put underground and then they got to go up in these little pods. Can yes. we talk about for a second? Because uh, I think it's like around this point in the book that they mention that the arenas of past Hunger Games are oh. now like tourist destinations yes. for the people of the capital. I forgot about that, me and that too. was horrifying to me. That's really terrifying. Like, I kind of get it, because it's, like, even here in America, it's, like, battle sites from, like, the Civil War are now, like, <laughs> tourist destinations. Yeah. But it's not to the point where people, like, it's not to this point. But they talk about doing reenactions, which happens for literal wars. I know. Why? I know. But that they do reenactions of the Hunger Games, where they go and they take pictures in the spots where 
their favorite tributes died and all this stuff. But, like, that's, again, it's, like, so grounded in reality that it is, like, a yeah. horrifying, like, funhouse mirror on, like, what real life looks like. Yeah. It's it's just, like, they go and they want to go into the catacombs and they get to see, like, the cornucopia. And it, it's... It's amazing. It's, it's, it's gross. horrible. It just shows, like... How much the capital people don't see this as, like, something that's wrong. It's clearly just, like, a fun yes. thing for them to be like, oh, my God, I get to watch this sport on TV. Like, for them, it's, it's like, the equivalent of us getting to go visit, like, a movie set and be like, oh, my God, like, my favorite celebrities were here. This is where they, like, filmed this scene that I really enjoy. Yes, like, that's what it is, is for them. It is reality TV. It's, like, yeah. the highest. It's, like, if we got to go to, like, the Bachelor show. Mansion. Oh, yeah, my God. <laughs> Like, that's what it is to them. But it's horrifying because it's not just, like, a TV show. It's, it's like, watching a war on TV and then getting to go to the battlegrounds. Child murderers. Yeah. So it's horrifying that, like, they, like, over-glorify these sites by being like, I'm going to go visit this place where these 12-year-olds were murdered. <laughs> yeah. God. So gross. Yeah, I forgot about that, too, that they, like, preserve all these sites. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. So they get shot up in tubes. Yes, and, and then gotta, they show up. They got to hold tight for 60 seconds. So they don't get blown up. And then um, Katniss is like, oh my god, there's like a bow and arrow and some packs and whatever. I and the arena is like her turf yes. that she's used to. It's like it's a woodsy yep. thing that she feels comfortable with. So yes. that gives her leg up right away. Is that like she knows how to survive in this kind of environment. Yes. So she knows, like, okay, Haymitch said, don't go get anything. Just grab whatever's close to you and run away. But then she sees the bows and she's, she's like, considering going after them because she's like, that was put there for me, specifically. Uh, But then she gets fucked up because she sees PETA somewhere further away from her and he's he's like like, don't "Don't do do it it. (laughs) and so then she hesitates and she's like fuck yeah (laughs) so then she just like so then she just grabs whatever's close to her and runs away she grabs a backpack gets a knife thrown at her which is actually pretty handy knife to have (laughs) and then she runs and she goes to find shelter yeah basically so her first act i guess hamish said run away and find Find a water water. source which she does not (laughs) For two days. Yeah, that was crazy. That was such a a large uh, point of the book was talking about dehydration. Which I appreciate because I feel like it would be so easy to overlook the survival skills. Yes. So I appreciate that the author like really focused on how much like. Not combat, but survival. Yes. Yeah. And I they make a point to say that like a lot of you are going to die from natural causes by yeah. just like not knowing how to survive in this kind of environment. I even appreciate her talking about peeing. Yeah. Same. I was like, great. Yeah. It's to. like this is an important part of this. Like not everyone's going to die from being like stabbed with a sword. <laughs> no. So yeah, that she just is so dehydrated and that she has this like all the time whenever she's like waiting, like hoping to get like a gift. That she's, like, got this whole thing of, like, and, and Hamish probably isn't giving this to me because I'm close. So he's not going to waste sending water to me because I'm close. I got to keep going. All yeah. this stuff. But I thought it was really funny how, like, in her days, she, like, collapses and she's like, I love mud. I'm going to die in mud. Oh, my God. There's water. There's mud. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, that's awesome. It's cool to me that, like, after just, like, a few days with Hamish, she already knows how to, like, interpret getting or not getting well because i think this is the thing is that they're the same yeah 
that's why they rub the wrong way. Yeah, is because, because they're, they're the, the same, same person. So she gets, she knows, she knows it because this is what she would do. It's like I'm not gonna waste this money that I'm getting mm-hmm. on sending you a bottle of water, right? Because you're already right there, right? So she gets the water, she hydrates herself, and then she goes and hides in a tree. And then the careers come by. And she's shocked to see Peta is with them. Yes. And that he's with them because they want to find her and kill her. Yeah. Because she got an 11. Right. Get and they think this, that he's going to be able to Let's lead go. her to them. So, and Which is crazy yeah. because I feel like the careers kind of fell for this like love story. A little bit. Yeah. So it's like, why would they like team up with this guy to be like, lead us to the love of your life so we can murder her in I front think, of you? I think just the idea of like, well, okay, I'll, I think it makes sense because of this. They were training together the whole time. He knows what she knows. Yeah. So like, he and he knows the strategy because they both have the same mentor because you find out somewhere in this book that like, they're supposed to have more. They're supposed to be a man and a woman training the boy and the girl. Mm-hmm. But they just have Hamish. So it's like they were together for so much of this. So it's like he does have insight into what she would be doing. Yeah. Like what her strategy would be. And apparently because he's been, he's in love with her. Not even just like the Starcross Lovers thing is like bullshit. But like that he is in love with her. Like that he knows her. So like knows what she's about and what she would go do. Mm-hmm. So it makes some sense. But you know and then of course like he goes to like check on something or whatever and um oh because some dumb girl lights a fire really close to Katniss and yeah they kill her, that's how and then they and then they go past her yeah but um that he goes off to make sure that this girl's dead um and they're like uh, should we really string him along this is so annoying and it's basically like oh yeah well he'll hopefully take her to us and then we just kill him <laughs> yeah right Whatever. But Peta's strategy is to try to lead them away from her, probably, mm-hmm. and, like, keep her Because he's still playing the game. Yes. But Katniss doesn't believe that. She, like, when she sees him with them, she is pissed. And yeah. she's, again, feels very betrayed by him mm-hmm. and is like, I would love to just, like, shoot him yeah, down Yeah, because right she's now. like, I, kn-, like, she felt so, like, vindicated. She's like, he wasn't really nice He's just some trick bitch. Like, he's flipping sides and whatever. I shouldn't have bought into it. Whatever. I think she just hates feeling stupid. Yeah. Because she felt so like, well, he's kind and I like, I fall for kind people and whatever. Like, oh, we could be friends. Maybe whatever. And then like seeing him team up with the careers to like go find her or whatever. It's like, ooh, it was just an act. I should have known better. Like, she's, I think she's just pissed on behalf of, like, herself of being like, I don't yes. like being tricked. <laughs> so do they do they get her at that point, or is there still a little bit more time? I think there's still a little bit more time. They end up going off, I think. And then that's when the fire happens. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she climbs down from the tree. They're gone because they don't know she's there. And then the fire happens to kind of push them together. Yes. And she gets injured pretty badly yes, so, in the fire. Yes, um, so her whole thing was being the girl on fire because and now she she's... was on fire and now they're punishing her again. Yeah, for by literally so... lighting her on fire. Yeah, by being so like out there and amazing and rebellious apparently, which I think is funny because she doesn't see it as like a huge, she doesn't see any of this as like a huge act of rebellion. Yeah, she's just and like, she, I'm she doing what I have punished. to do to survive. So then yeah. in this moment, it's like, oh, they set me on fire to teach me a lesson. Yeah. 
that I thought was like, oh, nice. Yeah. So her leg gets very badly injured, mm-hmm. burned real badly. And her hands, too. Yes. And then I think that's when they find her. Because the fire kind of pushes them toward each other. Yeah, so she's, like, sitting in a pond for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come across her, and she has to run up a tree. Yes. And she is, like, fighting the pain really bad. But I love it that she's, like, taunting them. I do, too. Oh, I why didn't you come up here? And then Kato's, and- Kato's too fat to climb a tree. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, I will. And then she just, like, keeps climbing. And then um, then some one of the girls shoots an arrow at her glimmer. Shoots an arrow at her and she catches it. Yeah, and, and like, waves like, it. And she's like, why don't you try it again? Or whatever. Yeah. And they're so pissed. And then Peta comes to the rescue being like, just leave her. She'll have to come down or she'll starve or whatever. Yeah. Like, we'll get her then. Let's just go to bed. Um, And then. And then we see Rue. But we, she gets, she gets burn ointment. Oh, that's right. She gets that first. Finally. <laughs> she gets some burn ointment from Haymitch. So she gets a, f- so her, cure her leg. Yeah. So her, her hands and her leg, her hands heal up just fine, but the leg takes a couple goes. Yeah. To get better. Yes. Um, yeah. And then she sees. And then she sees Rue and Rue points out the tracker jacker nest that's above her. Mm-hmm. So Katniss climbs up. And saws it off. And let me make a point to say she gets stung three times. Three yes. times. Just three. Three times. Yeah. Only the three. Yeah. I would just really like to hammer that home. That it is only three times. Yeah. For no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> she gets stung three times and even that causes That's some pretty so powerful much. hallucinations mm-hmm. for her. But she tells she tells Rue to go. Like, because what her plan is. Um, so her plan is to saw the nest down. So Tracker Jackers, I guess, if anybody hasn't read the books. Well, they don't even explain it in the movie, so whatever. Yeah, they do. Caesar and the host guy, like, talk about them. I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, barely. But, yeah, they, like, they sting you. They're very painful. They cause powerful hallucinations, and they can kill you if you get stung too many times. But they go after whoever has fucked with them. And so her plan is to, but they're sleepy from all the smoke. Because of the fire. Yes. Um, and so her plan is to hopefully get it down and have it broken down by the people below, the careers and PETA. Yeah. So that they attack them and not go after her for cutting their branch off. Yes. Which she succeeds in. Yes, she sure does. So that kind of clears most of the careers away, but two of them end up dying from the tracker jacker attacks. Yes. One of them being the girl with the bow. Glimmer. Glimmer. Which I was shocked by. I don't know why. I was paying attention the whole time, but I don't know why I thought it was Glimmer and not Clove at the end. Yeah. I think it's because of the movie. But that's it. But it's correct. Well, I know. But like, I think in the movie, I feel like the first several times I watched the movie, I assumed that Glimmer was the girl who was like teamed up with Kato the most because I feel like the movie kind of pushes this like romance on the two of them. Yeah, what was that? We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. Oh my God, that was weird. But that's probably where that idea comes from. But Glimmer does actually die fairly quickly from the tracker jackers. She fucked up. And you don't even really know how real that is. I think a lot of it is the hallucination it's sick it's they, gross she talks about that she swells up so much that she has to break her fingers off of the bone and then when she tries to touch her skin it just like disintegrates yeah, at her touch that has to be fake but like that, the but broken yeah. fingers thing made me sick yeah but katniss she swole up so much that she just had to yeah 
So then Katniss gets the bow. And at this point, she's like really hallucinating, like isn't sure where to go. And then PETA comes running to her and is like, get out of here. Why? Why are you still here? You got to run away. And I'll say this in favor of the movie. I'm really glad that I didn't have to watch her get her eyes being eaten out by ants. Yes. Because that was a lot. <laughs> that was a, that, the descriptions of that was a lot in the book. I know. I remember the first time I watched that movie being like, please don't make this part as, as gross as it seems in the oh, book. Please don't show the ants. Um, so, yeah. She wakes up eventually. She wakes up eventually. And at this point, that's when Rue has been taking care of her. Yes. Right? I think so. Yeah, she wakes up in Rue. <laughs> we literally just read this. This happens every time. I read this book last night, you guys. Um, yeah, Rue, this is when she teams up with Rue. Yes. So Rue has been taking care of her, and so she kind of gets Rue's, the lowdown. Rue has a little bit of uh, medicinal knowledge. She does, because of her, her agriculture the, district. Yes, the tracker jacker. Can we just talk about that for a second? I mean, like, I, I'm not a, uh, uh, an all-powerful knowledge person, and maybe it's not. I'm not trying to virtue signal or anything. But I, wa- I texted Katie this. I was like, why is the agriculture district the one with all the black people? Yeah. That seems like a choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, it's like, maybe that's pointed Mm -hmm. but i don't think that it was clear enough of a like a fuck you yeah statement i was just like that's um that's a choice (laughs) that was made um i don't know why but i in my mind i did not think of that being the agriculture one Mm -hmm. maybe because in the movie it doesn't seem like it when they go there or like team up with people from yeah or when you see this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but like in the movie you see like the rebellion start in (sighs) district 11 after rue dies um so yeah but it doesn't look like it yeah so i don't know if they made the decision not to do that in the movies because it seems like an odd choice yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, that's something to, like, continue watching for to see if the movies decide to veto that or not. Because mm-hmm. it seemed very industrial when they showed District 11. Yes. And in my mind, it looks very industrial from what I remember of them teaming up with a... Um, right? Because they teamed up with people from District 11. She visits District yeah. 11. Well, she visits all the districts in the next book for the, like, victory tour. But then, yes. yeah, I think in Catching Fire, they team up with people from District 11. Anyway... <laughs> So something to watch out for, because when I was reading that, I was pretty shocked. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, that feels like a, a wee bit insensitive. Yeah, <laughs> it, okay. it does a little bit. So she beats up with Rue. They team up. They decide to become allies. Yes. Um, and because they, she has been spying on the career. So she knows all this stuff about like what their food situation looks like, you know, with like the pyramid of food and supplies or whatever. Yes. And talking about like, well, why do they win all that? Well, they win all the time because they, they can just destroy people. And then Katniss is like, well, like take away their, their precious food and they don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, take they away their survive. power. Yeah. So um, they come up with this plan to destroy all of the resources that the careers have. Um, so their plan is that Rue is going to distract the careers while Katniss goes to their site and blows up their stuff or gets rid of it in some way. Mm-hmm. So she goes and finds out that they have 
dug up the mines and reactivated them that were on the pedestals when they first get into the arena. Yes, and what I think is interesting about the uh, the book is that they do not make it obvious. It only becomes clear that like something is up mm-hmm. because of Foxface doing her weird little jumping around. Yeah, and just because of the way that it's set up that it's like mostly a big mountain of stuff, but then they have like a few items just like spread around mm-hmm. and Katniss is like, that's suspicious yeah but yeah then we see fox face do this like She's really crafted yes so rue's lighting fires that make the careers go off and be like oh dumbass Let's yeah kill <laughs> right so then katniss um realizes that her best way to get rid of the food is to somehow activate the mines to blow up all their stuff so she and makes she... some apples tumble. Oh, so we learned something terrifying is that one girl got blown up because she accidentally dropped her little like hometown trinket on the ground. And it the mines are sensitive enough. That just like the, the smallest tiniest, pressure. Yeah, so Katniss is like an apple will do just fine. Yep. So she slashes open a bag of apples and everything blows up and she goes deaf in one ear. <laughs> yes, yeah, she completely loses her hearing. Um, the careers come back and Kato is pissed. Yes. Um, and kills. They teamed up with the kid from District Three, so he knows how to set up. Oh the yeah, mind. Be- yes. Because and he kills they are, him. They are a really industrial factory based district, so yeah, he knows so- how to make weapons. Mm-hmm. So what they say is that like they deactivate the mines, so he must have reactivated them, and he knows that through his knowledge of of weaponry. Making weapons. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you have to assume there's child labor. Oh, of course. <laughs> They're killing them in a in a bachelor style. Well, like death Rue game. says, when you're just learning about the District Eleven, like Katniss is like, "Well, don't you have school?" And Rue's like, "Not during harvest time. Like everyone is out in the fields, yes. like harvesting everything." We so that also kind of shows that like the districts make the kids work mm-hmm. too. Um. But yeah, so Kato kills the District 3 kid because he's like, we have no need for you anymore and you fucked up our food. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Katniss goes back to Rue, has a tough time finding her, eventually finds her like tied up in a net. Yeah, because she can hear her screaming once she gets all of, not all of, but she gets some of her hearing back. Yeah. Um, she, she gets it back in screaming. one ear. Yeah. yeah. And she um, finds her tied up in a net. And then the guy from District 1 comes and kills Rue. Yikes. Throws the spears at her. And she sends an arrow through his throat. Yeah, she shoots him in the neck. It's kind of terrifying. Um, the description of that is that he he pulls it uh, he pulls it out of his neck and drowns in his own blood. Yes. Horrifying. Yeah, she's like, he cuts the time that he has left to live in half by pulling it out. Uh, sick. And I know that from watching medical shows as a child. Never remove. Yeah, if you get Never stabbed, remove. don't pull it out. <laughs> it's keeping you're you alive, only, leaving that yeah, thing you're, in. Yeah, you're taking the plug out of the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that in Grey's all the time. <laughs> Ugh, God. Man. So, yeah, so Rue gets stabbed and Katniss is very emotional about it because her whole thing about Rue is that she reminds her of her sister. Yes. She's young. She's innocent. Um, she shouldn't be here. Like, Katniss is like, it's very wrong that this 12-year-old mm-hmm. girl is having to, like, fight in the game. So yes. when she gets killed, it, like, makes her feel the same emotion she would have if it was Prim. Mm-hmm. 
And so she cries a lot, yes. sits with Rue and kind of cradles her while she dies and sings to her. Ugh. Sings the same lullaby that she sings to her sister to her. So until she dies. And then kind of has a meltdown a little bit. Yeah. After she dies. And it touches the people of District 11 a lot because they send her a gift. Yes, they do. They send her bread. And she knows this because of PETA because he took her on a bread world tour. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So random. So knowledgeable. So knowledgeable in his bread making. How would he know what the kinds of bread from all the districts are? It's not like their bakery in District 12 Uh, is going to make fish bread from District 4. (laughs) Like, God. Okay, but yes, anyway, she learns what this is and so she's very touched because she knows that like the district 11 people really appreciated her alliance with mm-hmm. rue and she says she thanks them out she loud. thanks them yes oh. um and then is that when yes they change the rules and say you can now team up with the people from your district and if the final two are from the same district you will both be named the winner Yes, I think what happens is she's kind of, like, off in a daze for a little while. Like, I remember she's just kind of, like, going around, just kind of, like, wandering. And then all of a sudden she hears the announcement, and that's when she, like, kind of snaps into gear. She unpacks her and Rue's backpacks. And the one of the guy that she killed. And the one of the guy. Gets everything oriented the way that it needs to be and goes off to find PETA. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she hears somewhere that he's not in good shape because he's not. She heard Cato say yes. that he had like cut him in some way and that he's probably just being left to bleed out and die. Yes. And so she figures, well, he hasn't been announced dead yet. And I know that I almost died without water. So he probably found a water source. So she goes to track him down mm-hmm. and then- finds him painted with mud <laughs> like a rock <laughs> yes so she finds him he's literally like buried himself in dirt <laughs> i love it that he's like in such bad shape but she's so shocked by how good his disguise is she's like close your eyes again yeah because she just needs to see it happen again because he's like oh kenneth hey what's up girl uh, yeah and, and she's she- like where's it, where's it coming from and then he grabs her right or something, or is I that think just in he, the movie? I think that's just in the movie, but in the book, it's like he speaks again, and she's like, I'm literally standing on you right now, and oh, yeah, I didn't he even says realize about, it. like, stop stepping on me or something, yeah. and then, and then, yeah, and then she, but I love that he's, like, obviously wounded, but she's, yes. like, she's, like, pause. Yeah. She, shut your mouth and close your eyes again. I need to see you. I need to see this in full effect because she's just so impressed. I thought that was really funny. Well, let's cut for a second because I feel like it's gone a while since we've had a discussion question. Did you have oh any God. to go with what we've covered? Yeah, let me take a look. I mean, there are some that are just so stupid, so I'm kind of going through. Okay. I, I feel like right now we're just doing a big recap of the story and I'm like, do we have anything to discuss about this? <laughs> had some discussions in the middle okay yep we discussed the star-crossed lover stuff um oh one thing to go back to is um pita saying i want to die as myself we kind of talked about that of her being like what and then as the games kind of go on she's like no i get it i don't want to turn into like a puppet yeah that's basically it yeah he's like i I don't want to be 
brainwashed, I guess. Yeah. I think that- <laughs> Foreshadowing. Ah! I think that... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I think that... Um, yeah, that it's just like he'll he'll play the game, but he's not gonna let the game play him. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, let's see. Uh, we talked about why Peta joins up with the career tributes. It's a good survival skill, and it helps him on his quest to look to like protect an amazing person, being so in love with Katniss. Yes. Um, we talked about Katniss and Rue. Okay. Um, yeah, there's one question we can discuss before we dive into the Katniss and Peta stuff. Um, this question says, discuss the ways in which the game makers control the environment and entertainment value of the games. How does it affect the tributes? Okay, yes. know they're being manipulated and recorded all the time. Yeah, this... Does knowing that she is on live TV make Katniss behave differently than she would otherwise? I think it does a little bit. Um, I think it does for sure. This, just like, it it gives you these reminders over the course of everything happening in the arena that, like, this is still happening for the entertainment of other people. It's like, it's not just her being put in the woods having to survive, but it also reminds you that, like, there are people that are, like, calling the shots this whole time. Yeah, well, like, it's very clear what the fire thing is that she was getting too far away from people. Yeah. And that that was boring. So she needed to be pushed back toward the others. they talk several times about how, like, if there isn't enough drama happening, like, if they go a day or two without someone dying Mm -hmm. or without a big showdown, then, like, the game game makers are going to step in to, like, force them together and make something dramatic happen so that it's still entertaining for the capital people. And she definitely does change it. So, like, this is what I really want to stress before going into uh the next episode with the movie discussion is like both her and Peta are so aware of what they're doing and that it is all a strategy while they're playing the game mm-hmm. not even just before but in the arena when there's so much other stuff to do they're both so aware of their own strategies like she is like knowing to not show pain she's like not doing anything like the only the first time she breaks down is when rue dies yeah but she won't let herself cry over getting hurt mm-hmm. she doesn't do anything she keeps a game face on the entire time and she does she does these dumb things like where like something will happen oh so like when the first time they pass her in the tree with Peta or whatever that she makes a point to not show that she's shocked and disgusted but to smile like she's in on what's happening yes like she's making these decisions so she absolutely is changing her behavior because she's not allowing herself to react the way that she naturally would to anything that's going on she's so calculated in what she's doing yes yeah, and she she mentions a lot, too, that she's just like, I have been on camera so much. And she's always mentioning, like, I know I'm on camera right now whenever, like, something is happening mm-hmm. to her. Like, she's watched a lot it's, of the games. Yeah, she she's knows how very, they work. Uh, very aware. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was that. So let's keep going. Okay. We're going real long on this. So we got we to gotta hustle. We got to hustle it up. Yeah. So she and Peta team up. She finds out that he is very, very badly injured. This is the part that I always remember when I reread this book because I remember how disgusted I was the first time I read this part (laughs) by how bad his injury is. It's down to the bone. It's down to the bone. It's so, like, pussy and bloody and gross. So she takes him to the river and cleans him up. Yep. 
um, and realizes that his leg injury where Kato cut him is like so beyond what she knows how to repair. Yes. So she pretty much drags him into a cave and he has a bad fever and she's like, I don't know how I'm going to help him survive, but like I've got to do what I can. Yes. Basically. And he is still literally dying, but being like, you can kiss me anytime you want, baby. Like, yeah. it's just like he's still to the end. He's playing this game. And because he cares about her to try and still make her look, I don't know what the word is. Yeah. It, it like, it's cute because it kind of brings up this like romantic banter where he's like, okay, but like, don't forget to kiss me. And she's like, oh my God, shut up. You are dying right yeah. now. And it's really cute. And it's like, I feel like people watching this would see it as like oh it's just like this cute like banter going on between the two like look at them like arguing like an old married couple you know and just like <laughs> getting like of dying i know but that's when that's so when she cute. starts as she learns she does kiss him and she thinks okay i gave them what they wanted now give me the leg healing medicine right and hamish is like you get broth. Yeah, you got to do better than just like a couple mediocre kisses, girl. Dumb. So then it and then it amps up. So then it amps up. They're like talking through their feelings. Like they really start like talking to each other. They're like cuddling up with each other in the cave, being very romantic and cutesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when her feelings do kind of start to develop for him. Yeah, because she like some stuff does start to feel real. To mm-hmm. her, and so like I don't remember exactly when it is, but it's like there's one kiss where she's like, "Oh, I understand," <laughs> which is yeah. Funny. And then there's other parts. I don't know if it's when he's getting a little better, um, but when like she goes to sleep for a little bit, and he's just like petting her hair until she falls asleep, and it's just like she's like that feels real. Yeah, that feels like it's not for the camera, and then she's like, well, and I think it's also when she wakes up and realizes that he has like blood poisoning and like is going to die very soon if they don't get the medicine like she has i think that's when she kind of has a panic moment where she's like i can't lose him right now Mm -hmm. like this will truly fuck me over and not just because like oh my god i lost my ally but because it's like going to be truly devastating to her Mm -hmm. if he ends up dying at that point after everything they've been through together continued to forge a connection at this point yeah um so my net my question then is when does Katniss first realize that Peta does actually care for her and is trying to keep her alive? When does she realize her own feelings for him? Did Hamish think all along that he could keep them both alive by stressing the love story? Are they actually in love? Okay. Several questions. About Several there. questions. So first one, when does she realize that Peta has feelings for her? Like that his feelings are and true and real. And trying to keep her alive. I think it's when she realizes like after the like fog of the tracker jacker stuff is like, oh, that is real. Like, mm-hmm. he did tell me to run away and was, yes. like, saving my life. Yes. I think that that's, like, the first time she realizes, like, oh, this is not... Him joining the careers had, like, an ulterior motive than yeah. just, like, him wanting to stay alive. And then, of course, like, when they, you know, get together and are spending that time in the cave, I think it becomes clear that he does actually care about her. Yeah, and I think it's especially, too, also honed in on when they announce the feast where they have the medicine and he's like no you cannot risk yourself for me yeah right now and he's like 
trying his very best to keep her from like going to like get that mm-hmm. medicine and even then saying like okay well if you go then i'm gonna go with you maybe i'll die along the way yeah <laughs> i don't care yeah just all he's like stuff. don't risk your life for me like you need to be the one to survive this and then we kind of ad- we kind of address when she realizes that she cares about him too mm-hmm. is yeah she like gets these little things that some of it does feel so fake and i'm sure it does to both of them and then there are the little bits where it does, it feels real and it feels good. And it's like comforting to have this like affection yeah. between each other. And then realizing like thinking, oh, he like really, he's got days. Yeah. He's got days at the most. Yeah. To left live. To live. It's like if she's like, yeah, okay, no, I do. I do really care about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question, are they really in love at this point? Is that the next question? Yeah. No, they're not in love, but like they they care about each other at this point. Like there's like a budding thing where they're realizing that like maybe we're more than just friends. There is this like little bit of yeah. Maybe some of it is real. Yeah, like this is it's it's beyond the point of being just for a show at this point. Mm -hmm. Like they're realizing that they do actually care about each other in some way. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't know exactly how that way is, but she knows that like, yeah. We want each other to, like, survive this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they care about each other very deeply, but I, ref- I refuse. I refuse that it's actual love on both sides. She doesn't know. She, it's very clear that she doesn't know how she feels. Yeah. This is not, like, the main thing. She wants to live. Mm-hmm. There's no love on the battlefield. Right. <laughs> Come on now. So, no, but they do care about each other very much, and it's not fake that they do really care about both of each other, you know? I ugh. Yeah. Ugh. okay let's keep going let's close this thing out okay so we have the feast katniss goes haymitch sends her a sleep potion oh yes a sleep potion or i guess like sleep syrup or whatever so she can knock Peta out long enough to go without him getting in her way yes some some heavy duty nyquil (laughs) yes she runs into clove yeah, so um, Foxface goes out, grabs her bag, and runs without hesitation. And she's like, fuck, I should have done that. Yeah. Because now it's like, whoever goes out next, it's going to be a bloodbath. So she just decides she's going to go and run. Um, but Clove comes out. Throws a knife at her. Hits her in the forehead. Yes. I mean, not in the forehead, but she cuts her on the forehead. And she can't, and it bloods all up in her eye. Yes. She tries to hit Clove with an arrow. She dodges it. Tries again, gets her in the arm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they grapple. And Clove has a whole thing. She's like, I'm going to kill you nice and slow. Why am I doing that voice? I know. She, she's like, she's taunting her. And she brings up Rue and is like, we're going to kill you just like we killed oh, yes. your friend. And then that's what brings Thresh, the other tribute from District 11. Yes. In. He kills Clove. Pulls her up like a rag doll into the air. Hits her head with a rock and dents her skull. Horrifying. Disgusting. But good for him. Yes. <laughs> and he decides to let Katniss go well, again because he, because he asks something. He's like, "Do you did you team up with her or whatever?" And then she's she says very quickly, she's like, "Well, cuz she tells him like just make it fast. That's all she's expecting out of it is like, just make it quick because I did something good for Rue. Yeah. And he lets her go. But she's like, I partnered up with her. I tried to keep her alive. I killed the guy who killed her. I put flowers around her, whatever. Just like goes off on this big thing. Yeah. And then he says like, we're even now because he also hates a debt. So, yes. So um, she gets to grab her pack and run. And um, 
Kato, some sort of dumbass, um, and was hiding in the woods while Clove just died. Yeah. Or whatever. And so uh, Thresh grabs both of the backpacks that are left. Yes. Um, and runs. And so then Kato goes off after him instead of Katniss because he stole his bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So then Katniss gets to run back. She's got life-saving medicine, and his leg is healed. Yes. So now, I guess it's not like it's healed completely, but he's not dying mm-hmm. anymore. Um. So then they kind of hide out. That's when it starts to feel real, though, because play up they're the romance. Not, they're not. He's not sick and dying anymore. So I think that's probably when that sparks fly kiss happens. Yes, I think that's it because it's it's not just like she's doing it for the cameras to keep him to alive medicine, and yeah. to get stuff from Hamish. <laughs> it's like they're doing it because it feels natural and because they're just hiding out in this cave together. Yep. So then we find out that Thresh gets killed by Kato. Yes. And so then it's just the four of them left, right? At this point, it's Katniss and Peeta, Kato and Foxface. Yes. So Katniss and Peeta get this grand feast from Hamish as a reward for their really playing up the romance. Mm -hmm. And then they are like, okay, we need to get out and finish this thing. So they go hunting, get some food. Uh, Katniss goes hunting while Peeta gathers the I berries. Think th- I think this is when they start to try and bring in some of the Gale stuff. Because, like, she's going hunting with Peeta and he's loud and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and, and she's, she's like, like, you're scaring away all the then prey. She's, yeah, so now she's thinking about Gale again in the mm-hmm. middle of this, like, grand fake romance with Peeta. Now she's like, oh, yeah, And I think Gale. that's where she starts to get confused. Well, then she starts, because that's when she starts thinking about, like, Gale watching this and, like, what he must be thinking and then thinks, does he? Yeah, does he care? Is this something? Now yeah. that I'm aware of what these feelings are, is that something that's happening? Is this what's been happening with Gale the whole time, too? Yeah, so and I just that's, was oblivious. that's when the little triangle thing starts to come in a little bit more. Because yes. then all of a sudden she gets this reminder that, like, oh, my hunting partner's shit. Yes. <laughs> Pete is so bad at this. Yeah, so she kind of sends him off to go do his own thing. And it's like, you should just go hide in a tree while yes. I... Um, while I hunt, but he ends up gathering a bunch of leaves and berries and he ends up gathering up a bunch of nightlock. Yes. Um, a cannon fires and they both think the other one died. Uh, but it was Foxface stealing their berries. Yes. And she finds out that those berries are actually lethal. Um, so she decides to take some with them as they keep going, thinking maybe I can trick Kato into eating some of these. Yes. And that can be an easy way to kill him. Yep. So then I think night comes and they run into Kato and that's when the big final showdown happens. Yes. So a big difference from the book and the movie is that they are they go out into the middle where the lake and the cornucopia is and whatever and they're like, "Where's Kato?" and then out he comes, but he just runs past them and they're like, "Hanawa?" and then they see these horrifying monster dogs and then also go running. Yes. And these monster dogs like they're creepy in the movie, but the fact that they make them out of the Fallen Tributes. Now, this is a question that I have personally. Scholastic does not dare to ask this. <laughs> Do you think these are actually made up of the bodies? I personally don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're made to resemble them. So it yes. like hits home, especially for people like Peta and Katniss who like don't want to be killing people in yes. the first place. It, it like haunts them to be like having to... Sh- kill their allies essentially to have Katniss thinking not only like is this made up of them but do they have their brains yes are they aware that I'm going to be killing these dogs again yes 
That sucks. It's but I don't scary. think it is. I think it's a mind game because I, isn't part of it they have to deliver the bodies back to the district? It is. Yeah. They say at first that like they send the bodies back to like their families. Yeah. So no, it can't actually be them, but they're genetically engineered to resemble them very closely by Terrifying. having their eyes the and their hair and color. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of adds like a more personal attack yes <laughs> on it for sure but they end up on top of the cornucopia and Peta gets attacked again by these dogs and it like affects his yeah, bad leg his leg is still bum yeah like, it's he's got a limp he's slower than katniss they get up there but his legs fucked again yeah the dogs like attack his leg it gets injured very badly which makes it easy for kato to grab Peta and be like all right i'm gonna kill him now yeah and if you shoot me, we're both going down. So, so here you go. You yeah. So she Peta. ends up shooting him in the hand. In the hand. Because Peta tells her to. Yes. And then that ends up making Kato drop Peta and fall off the cornucopia. Okay. But like, the horror of what happens to Kato is terrible. That made me sick to my stomach. Yes. That he doesn't just get destroyed by these dogs on impact. But that they are, like, literally, like, using him as a human chew toy for, like, they maul the entire night. Yes. And they just have to listen to him. Yeah. They just have to listen to that him. That is horrifying. And so that's, too, is that, like, Peta's still sort of, like, dying because of the leg mm-hmm. situation. And then that's also, too, when she's like, no, we both have to make it through this because I will snap. I have been listening to this man crying and dying slowly for hours yes and that she's like losing it absolutely where Peta's like trying to get her to pay attention like that time is passing so slowly because this is like such torture that he's like look the moon's li- it's getting brighter look, yeah whatever like that's just like it's so awful and so sad and eventually it's like they can hear him a little better and Peta's like is he out enough that you can kill him yeah and so then she's like i don't even i don't even feel hate toward him anymore it's just pity like this is so awful so it's like a mercy killing yeah so she shoots him to just end it so he doesn't have to keep being mauled by these dogs Mm -hmm. then then nothing happens they're not winning yeah so they move away from the body they think maybe that's the problem yeah they move away from the body pete is like in real bad shape they're like She's like, let's fucking go. We got to get this man to a hospital. Yeah. Uh, But nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then they hear this announcement where Claudius Templesmith is like, just kidding. The rule we put in place earlier is being revoked. Congrats. One of you has to kill the other. Now, this I love is that Peta takes the knife and Katniss immediately pulls an arrow on him. Yes. Ready to go. And he just drops it and is like, he throws it into the lake. Yeah. And is like, I'm not going to kill you. And she immediately drops it, too. And then it's like this big fight about like, well, I'm I'm dying right now. Yeah, <laughs> like just, he's he's if, like, if nothing, happens, he literally like unties the tourniquet and oh, is like, right. I'm already dying. Just let me go. Yeah. And he's like, if we can't decide who's going to shoot the other, then like, I'll just let myself go by like letting myself bleed to death. Yeah. So then there's the line that's like, um. Like, like we have to do this. Like, there's, there's got to be a tribute. Oh my god, I'm gonna sneeze. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to make that as loud as possible. Um, but so then there's the line about like, well, there has to be a winner or whatever. Like, we should have known this was gonna happen. 
and, and that's then when Katniss, Katniss is like, like but gets her does little rebellion there. thing of like well maybe there doesn't like maybe you know we can just kill ourselves or whatever yeah. but I do think that some of it is coming from like you know because she really wanted to get home to her sister mm-hmm. but I think part of it too is like I don't think mentally I could survive because mm-hmm. she can't kill him but she can't watch him die yeah so I think part of it too is like you know, not just this act of rebellion, but like honest to God, not being able to handle it and wanting to die instead. Right. But she, it is a little bit of a, like, trust me, they're gonna let us both live. Mm-hmm. Like she has that in her, but I think truly it's like, I don't think I could survive this. Yeah. Especially anyway. not without you. So I don't know. Yeah. So she all, gives. All I want to say about that is that I don't, I truly don't think it was this huge act of rebellion on her part that like genuinely the feelings the suicidal feelings were there. Yeah. I agree. She's been through so much trauma at this point. Like, she's like, I just want to put an end to it. Because I don't, I don't think that she's actively thinking of like, you know, I'm going to fuck over the capital. Right. <laughs> Where she, I think this is just a play of like, well, they need somebody. So if we give them nobody, they're going to let us both live. This is the way that it's going to work. I don't think it's this like huge act of like, Haha, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. It's the moment of her coming back to I don't wanna let that I don't wanna let the games change me or whatever. Right. So I'm not going to let it. Yeah. I'm gonna die how I want if I'm gonna die at all. Yeah. So, so. she pulls out the berries that killed Foxface, gives some to PETA, and is like on the count of three, let's both take them. They put them in their mouths. They do. They actually like are intending to die that way. Yes. And then the game makers are like, Nope, stop. We can't just not have a victor. I think it's funny because I like that. Isn't that like how it is in the movie? They're like, stop, stop, stop. But in the book, isn't it that they just play the victory music and they're like, congratulations to the victors. Like they don't, yeah. they don't panic because that, yeah, would, that would show them up to be like fucked. Yeah. Like, they just play the music. They're like, congratulations. And then you they really quickly win. spit the berries out. <laughs> yes. So then they get picked up and they immediately take PETA away. To, like, attend to his injuries. And then here comes a genuine Katniss moment of, like, screaming for him. Yeah, and she's like, they're gonna kill him. Well, she still thinks the games are happening. Yeah. So she's, like, freaking out, and then they have to knock her out. Yes. Yeah, so then it it kind of is just, like, a dull, like, her getting fixed in the Capitol for a couple days. Yes, she finds that she has had her hearing fixed, Mm -hmm. which I assume is some sort of high-tech implant of a... Of a hearing oh, like a aid. new ear, yeah. Um, and then Haymitch comes to talk to her and is like, "They are pissed at you yes. for doing this. Like that was a huge act of rebellion. You made them look like idiots, and they're pissed." Um, and so he's he is like, "This is where the star-crossed lovers thing really comes into play. Like you yes. have to play it up and say like the thought of living without Peta drove you crazy." Mm-hmm. You were desperate to find a way for the two of you to rest together yes. in some way or to not have to live without each other. And he's, like, coaching her through how to address, like, the final interview. Yeah, so then the kind of hard part is that she she's like, well, did, did you tell PETA? And he's like, I don't have to. Yeah. Sweetie. Yeah, he's already there. Yeah, and I think that, like... But I also, again, I will say this because I've got a lot to say in the next episode, but I don't think it's just that he, like, has these big feelings for her. I think it's that he is smart enough because he's been working this angle since the beginning. Yes. So I will, I do just need to say that for my own sanity. 
yeah. that it's not just like, oh, poor Peta's really in love. I know. Because he is smart. He's yeah. playing a fucking game. So yeah. like, I don't think that he needs to tell him because he seems well aware that they need to keep this up. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. The game is still being played until they leave the capital. Right. At least. So like, of course he doesn't have to tell him. Right. So anyway, then they go on. And they watch the recap. Yeah. Oh, so she gets reunited with Sina and he does a really good job making her look like an innocent young girl. Yes. Instead of like this big powerful girl on fire. Yes. Because that is not allowed anymore. No. So... Yeah, so they go do the interview. She's like, she, <laughs> I was laughing. She kicks off her shoes, tucks up her little feet, snuggles up to him, and is just like, yeah. she really does a good job. She does of being like, she oh my God, we're job. free, we're in love, we're here. It's we survived. Good. It's good. It so is. they watch the recap. It's horrible. It's funny to see them like cut out the like rebellious stuff with Rue. Yes. Um, because that uh will come to find out has incited some situations. Yes. Um, and yeah. Then they sell it well enough. She comes face to face with Snow for the first time. Yes. Breaks a crown in half for the two of them. Won't just give them a crown each, but nope. Y'all fucked up. You just get one half of a crown. Yes. <laughs> He's pissed. Um, I don't remember what he actually says to And her. it's interesting because this is the first time that we see Snow in yes. the books. I really appreciate that. Um, I mean, they say that he's like there and gives a little speech um, with the chariots. Yeah. And that they describe him as small. <laughs> I really, I really like that. I love that he is, he becomes such an imposing character, but he is just a little old man. Yes. Um, can you find any quote of like what he actually says to I'm her? I'm looking. Face to Let face? me see. Caesar Flickerman's Because it's very different from the, what they do in the movie. It is. Yes. Let I think me... he just congratulates her or something, but I think he says something. Or maybe it's just like he's, like she says, like he's smiling at me, but his eyes are dead. <laughs> yeah. But it's not some big challenge that he asserts to her. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went too far because now I'm at their interview. It's before that, right? I don't remember. Stand by, guys. I will find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, while she's looking, I'll just keep recapping. So then they finally get to get back on the train. Effie is going with them congratulating them blah 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 she says something dumb about like maybe since you guys did so good i'll get promoted to a better district or yeah. whatever um um they're going they're going they're going Peta then uh when they get close to home asks like okay so what are we gonna like what's gonna happen when we get home and she says i don't know because he's specifically mm-hmm. talking about the two of them and he, and she says i don't know and then he's like then he gets kind of in a fuss about it because he's like, he probably thought that he made it pretty clear how he felt even through the act. Um, and so he's like a little bit fussy that she is like not acknowledging that they have this like bond together and that they care about each other. Um, and so he gets a little bit, um, he gets a little bit icy. Um, and then, but when they get home, um, they hold hands and they wave and whatever. Um, and then that's the end of the book. Yeah. Congrats, okay. You made it. <laughs> so I found it. Okay. It's um after they watch the recap of the games, 
They start playing the anthem. They rise as President Snow comes out. He breaks the crown in half. He's smiling as he puts the first half on PETA. And then she says, he's still smiling when he settles the second half on my head, but his eyes just inches from mine are as unforgiving as a snake's. Snake. Yikes. And then it kind of goes off to say that they went to the Capitol for the victory banquet. And she says every time she gets a glimpse of President Snow, it is like truly terrifying. But she's still putting on this act. Yeah, I forget they have even more. Like they have to go do a bunch of stuff. They do. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, and then on the train, I guess, on the way home, that's when PETA kind of realizes, like, oh, you were just acting. I don't think that's it, though. I think that it's genuinely, like, he's upset that she's not acknowledging that there's a bond. Yeah. Because there were moments of realness. I don't think that it's him just being like, oh, you were just faking it the whole mm-hmm. time. I'm an incel! Like, I just, I don't, <laughs> I yeah. don't think that that's it. I don't think that he's, he's like, getting the nice guy treatment or whatever, you yes. know? I think it's genuinely, like... He's upset with her that after everything, she's not admitting that they're like that they have a bond. Mm-hmm. I just I, I'm really flustered by the we'll get into it, but I'm very flustered by the movie portrayal of that relationship. And I'm feeling very flustered also by like all of the discussion questions that I was seeing about like Katniss being such a bitch and a fake. Yeah, because I really don't think that's how it is. And like reading it, I did not see it that way. Right. I think the movie is coloring too many people's things. Yeah, the couple, movie plays up the romance too I have a couple final questions. Um, okay. The last one, kind of just an opinion about the the games. What do you think is the cruelest part of the Hunger Games? Um, and then can you see parallels between the games and the real world? <laughs> Which, oh, yes, but I'd like to um, just have a good time. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but what do you think is the cruelest? Part the cruel. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I want to just say that like the entire thing about the games is very cruel. Um, I feel like it's cruel that they like really hardcore pamper them for the first few days, and treat them like celebrities and like feed them up, let them stay in a really nice place, and then throw them in this like arena that is just like so cruel yeah. to them. I mean, it's, I would I would agree with you like on that line of like aside from just like the child murder, which is like obvious. Yeah, I think what's maybe even crueler than that is um, forcing them to play along with it mm-hmm. and like have a good time. And, and act celebrities. like yeah and like act like they are so honored to be here and just like yes. so in awe and are like oh my god i've been given this great opportunity I think when in fact yeah. like almost all of them are going to die i think that that is probably the cruelest part of forcing them to yeah act as though it it is like a great honor mm-hmm. i think that that's the worst part because it's like it's one thing to throw them in an arena and make them kill each other but it's another to make them act as though they're excited yeah. And that they love getting to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that they all were, like, hoping to be chosen mm-hmm. for this. But that's the lie they're selling the Capitol, and I think that that comes up as we get later into the rebellion, is that, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people are under this, at, at the Capitol, are under this impression that, like, it is. They've been told, and it's looked like it's this big, amazing honor for these people. Yeah. when in fact like almost all of them are pissed about it except the careers um okay this is the question i told katie that there was a question that scholastic gave (laughs) 
<laughs> that made me scream when I read it and just laughed so hard because I was like, this is insane. And I don't oh, know why no. it made me laugh so hard, but we've come to this question. And I'm going to read the entire thing to you because... But the opening sentence is the most insane thing I've ever seen oh, in my no. life. I hope you're Scholastic. ready. Scholastic. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> in 1848, Karl Marx wrote in the Communist Manifesto, the history all hitherto existing society is the history of class struggle. Discuss the statement as it applies to, society, to the society and government of Penem. Do you believe there is a chance to eradicate class struggles in the future? Scholastic coming in with the wow. sociology class. Oh my god. <laughs> and you know I ate this up because that was four years of my life. Yes. Oh my oh god. But I screamed. I'm just looking through like, do you think Addis and Peter are really in love? In 1848, Karl Marx wrote in the Communist Manifesto. Like, I was just oh like, what the fuck? Oh my god. But it Scholastic. is. Okay. This whole book is about class struggle, I it think. It is. It is. This whole this series, series is. is. Yeah, it focuses yeah. really hard on um, class. It's huge. It does. It's huge. It does. Um, I don't know how much I really want to get into this question, though, just in terms of like maybe this is something we circle back to in Mockingjay as um, the new government gets set up. Spoilers. Um, I agree. What we think about like, well, what is possible for this society after living like this? Like, is there future? And then I don't know. I mean, <laughs> by that time, we'll know who the new president might be. And then we can really, um, oh we can really dive okay. into what, And then what we can truly talk world. about how does this relate to what's Jesus going on right now. Christ. Oh, God. Well. Okay. <laughs> we'll circle back to that because I think that will be a question that's really interesting to talk about when we see how they rebuild mm-hmm. after everything that's happened and see, like, have they learned their lesson after all of this? I think that these books really lend to both of our interests, um... Because we're, me and Katie are both sides of the same coin of psych and sociology. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is a fucking gold mine. Yes. These books are amazing. So I'm sure we're going to like deep dive into lots of questions like this. But I mean, this book was the starter course. You yes. Know, we get our build up and then these next two books are going to be rich. I'm real excited to get into these next books. Like, this is a very good starter book, but the next ones really get into, like, overthrowing the government and, like, starting a rebellion and addressing the fact that the way things are going are wrong. And I'm really excited to, like, explore that part of the series. So that'll be really fun. So on that note... um, Thanks for listening. And vote. (laughs) And (laughs) vote. Vote so we don't end up like Penem, guys. Please, God. Do you want your children to go to the Hunger Games? Because that's where we're headed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of it. Um, we are going to be still on the two-week schedule um, because, um, like I had talked about last time, I'm going to be putting myself into extreme lockdown so my surgery doesn't get canceled. Um, so we are going to be doing these on a two-week schedule. So... You'll have to wait to hear how we feel about the movie. But, yes, um, but that'll be what's tuned. coming next. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates. Um, and we will see you all next time. Yeah. Oh, it's W. Uh, oh, BWKE pod. BWKE pod. And that's Instagram and Twitter. Don't email us. Okay. I love you. Okay. Bye. Thanks, guys.